are back. Yeah. And we're recording, right? Yes. Okay. On the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast, my name is Dirty Mike. And I'm the Big Ugly. And we are sitting here in the mansion with... CM Funk. The uh, king, king of... Go ahead. King of non-social media. Put that's, yourself over. Yeah, uh, well, that's about it, you know. Hashtag, hashtag no hashtag. hashtag. Thank yeah, you. Please. And um, we have a very special guest in the mansion here today for the first time ever. I've known this gentleman for... Gentleman? I guess I should, can say that. I've known him for... He's <laughs> shaking his head no. Six years, seven years has been a long time. I had a chance to referee this gentleman. I had a chance to ring announce this gentleman. Just have conversations that just go all over the place. Really appreciate it. I'm going to just do this, get this out of the way. The 2013 and 2014 Sweet 16 Tournament Trophy winner, the Punk Rock All-Star, Sean Cass. And welcome to the mansion, Sean. Yeah, cool. This place is pretty big. Yeah? Well, I mean, it's a mansion, so I guess that kind of fits. <laughs> it is. 27 rooms. You're in one of them right now. Um, and uh, so, uh, how you doing, man? It's good to see you. Good. Good. Just good. coming off a break of uh, wrestling of sorts, kind of just getting back into it. So, uh, yeah, just kind of, I don't know, getting back in the swing of things. Yeah? Yeah. But uh, you've always been a fan. Yeah. And you've always loved professional wrestling. Inside, outside, behind the scenes, inside the ring. So you're going to fit right in with this podcast. So. I hope so. Yeah, yeah man. Bro, before you. we get into some wrestling, I just got to ask you. Your beard is awesome, man. Oh, yeah. how, how that's, long not a, it, that's not a question. That's a statement. <laughs> how long did it take you to grow that? Uh, it'll be six years in November. Wow. That's what I'm talking yeah. about. Now, is it like Samson? If we cut that thing off by any chance, do you lose your power? No. No? I'm still gnarly without it. <laughs> gnarly? I'll be, I'll be angrier without it. It's kind of my, uh, my coping mechanism. Yeah, and it's tied up right now in kind of the, you know, one-piece thing, the Jim Nambal Neidhart. You can try to pull that and everything yeah. like that. It's basically but, a rope. Yeah, rope. <laughs> but we've got the hair, man. I mean, you, you, we're going to post a picture on social media here when we do the uh, podcast, but you get the hair, and it's up, and it stays there all the way through the matches. Yeah. So you've got, like, it's red. It's gnarly. You want to talk about the, the head, man. Talk about this. How do you maintain this hair, and how do you do this? Different colors, different styles. Well, maintaining it's not really that hard because uh, since no one at home can really see it. I have the center uh, kind of buzzed really, really close. Okay. Uh, and uh, it's only on the left and right sides, kind of how like Vader and Hawk used to kind of have theirs. Sure. Is where all the length is. I used to have it full length, mm-hmm. and then I would cone it up, but uh, after an unfortunate situation uh, with some guys in a match, uh, stuff got cut. Uh, so then I had to rethink the image a little bit. And uh, <clears throat> it took a while for it to get to like where it is now. Like the length it's at now, like uh, my roommate calls it a bihawk. Because <laughs> uh, it's got the space missing in the middle. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, the process of growing it out just took a lot of time. Yeah. When it first got cut, it was way too short, and I was not happy with it at all. No. So we didn't do a lot of dates back then. But, uh, <laughs> that's why things are kind of picking up now. Gotcha, gotcha. So was this a hair versus hair kind of thing? No, uh, we had a match uh, with the Hellcats at MCW, and we had been kind of off and on feuding with them for a while. I mean, like, you know, we've been around Jimmy and Steve forever. Absolutely. Shout um, out to the Hellcats, by the way. Thank yeah, <laughs> and uh, yeah, we were kind of having this thing where uh, we had a match going down with uh, this other team at MCW called the Rock and Bowl Express, and they're, yeah. they're you know they're not that that good. Uh, they, their <laughs> win loss record's kind of atrocious. Sure, but uh, in the match, some distraction kind of happened, and both of us lost uh, simultaneously to mm. uh, one of the quote unquote worst teams, uh, to put it bluntly. So uh, they kind of blamed us, and then it kind of looked like some stuff was going down between them and. Uh, 
after we had a, a quick match with them, uh, we thought they were splitting up. Like mm-hmm. Jimmy started fighting Steve, we ran down to kind of break it up, but it nice. was a ploy by them. Ah, uh, the old switcheroo. Damn, uh, come yeah, on, they, and to, you know, they, they, they made their point that uh, they didn't feel like we belonged there anymore. They, yeah. they cut my partner's beard, mm. uh, which was almost as long as mine. Uh, and then, yeah, they cut my hair. And then we, uh, we haven't been real cool with them since then. I can imagine so. so. Uh, yeah, it's been about a year since we've been anywhere near them. So uh, uh, Possibly some retribution. I mean, yeah, too. we're looking for resolution mm-hmm. whenever that, that comes about. But, yeah, that kind of explains the gimmick change. I liked what we had, but, you know, also at the time I felt like it was kind of a little stale because we did it for, like, two or three years. So Punk Rock like, All-Stars. Yes. Kind of extension of yourself back into the tag team yeah. fixture. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to your partner, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Drake. Yeah, Drake Carter. Yeah. Uh, he's also a guy who doesn't do a lot of social media. He's no. just on Facebook because I make him. <laughs> yeah. good, good man. I've good tried man. to commit him yeah. to Twitter and Instagram, and he is firmly against it. So, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm, I'm kind of excited that uh, the podcast here is finally getting onto MySpace. I think. I might, yeah. I might be able to I get did that. that so. I did. I did. I really looked into MySpace. So, as you said, Big Ugly, and MySpace is all. Just networking now. There's no real personal stuff on MySpace yeah. anymore. It's all businesses. It's all networking. But I did put the Dirty Ugly Wrestling podcast up there. I put the logo. So you I, legit? <laughs> I did. I put the logo. We haven't had any hits yet. But there's not a lot going on in MySpace for our kind of stuff. So it's there. So when we add this iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio, we can hey, add MySpace for that. So we might have just as many on MySpace as we do in TuneIn Radio. So <laughs> this is how we roll after two years. But... Yeah, um, you know, we're going to talk about that a little bit, Sean, your MCW, you know, back in EWA as well. You know, you're all over the place doing all kinds of wrestling. So we're going to get into the ins and outs of the Punk Rock All-Star, Sean Kenny. You're still the Punk Rock All-Star, aren't you? Yeah. That's, that's what I that thought. That never changes. That does not change. So that is good. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. We're going to talk about you. But we're also going to get on this podcast and talk about what we talk about, professional wrestling. A little bit of extreme rules or like thereof, as it were, <laughs> coming up in about a week or so. Yeah. Um, he spoke of MCW. Pro Wrestling, they got the big Shamrock Cup coming up uh, Friday and Saturday this week. Two-day events, so big, it's got to be on two days. So that's pretty cool. Um, But let's throw off the tangent that we were talking about before we got on. Every single one of us, uh, Brock Lesnar got in the ring with, uh, how do you say his last name? DC, Daniel Cormier. Daniel Cormier, and he got in the cage after the fight. He pushed him. And he basically got off and said some colorful language. Use the F word a couple of times, Sean. Sean. Um, and basically challenged him and found out we're going to find out. So is Dana White finally taking notes from Vince McMahon? How do you all see this going down? Sean, you have not talked about this with us yet, so I want you to start off. How Did you see this, and what is your opinion? Yeah, I didn't see the whole fight or anything. I just saw the aftermath, the stuff that every, like, you guys were talking about. Sure. And yeah, when Cormier picked up the mic and started talking, it felt like a promo to open <laughs> Raw. Just the way that he was working the cameras sure. and the way he was spacing everything out. It didn't seem like it was a dude who was out of breath that was just kind of coming up with everything on the spot. This right. guy had rehearsed what he was going to say. Absolutely. Uh, at least from my perspective. And then uh, when you know he calls out Brock and then Brock comes in and they do the shoving thing, it just seemed like this is an angle like this is a work and there was a camera right there on Brock conveniently to get into the cage as well and then for him to get on the mic and you know him say what he said it's just like all right obviously we're in a non-pg environment so uh, you know it's it's a different situation but uh yeah it totally just reeked of like this is so scripted so yeah he they definitely asked him you know his absence from being the universal champion like the ins and outs of how to do that stuff Mm mm-hmm 
So, uh, Big Ugly, as you were talking right before, and as you heard what uh, Sean just said, yeah. so you were saying, you know, th- we're wrestling fans. So when we see this, we see gimmick, we see exactly. script. But when the casual UFC watcher or just a casual fan in general sees this, do they say, oh, like the oh-ish moment or whatever it is? You know, talk about that. I, I think, though, if, a, if it's a casual UFC uh, watcher that doesn't watch, uh, you know, wrestling, I think they think it's legit. Yeah, you know, um, because they see Brock Lesnar, who they see is a legit fighter. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he's fought, he's been a champion, and he gets in there. Every and you know, if you know a little bit about about Brock Lesnar, you know he he's not a people person. You know, what I'm saying <laughs> he has a bad attitude. He gets in there and he shoves DC. You know, and especially somebody like DC being a nice guy of MMA and stuff like that. Right. It's like I think they think it's legit. We all saw through it. You know, and I'm sure every other wrestling <laughs> fan did. But you know, some of those UFC people, I think they. Probably thought it was legit. Is it good for business for I think, UFC? I think it's perfect for business because without John Jones, there's no bad guy of UFC. And I think you need somebody like a Brock Lesnar that can bring that attitude. Mm-hmm. I mean, they just need more people like Brock Lesnar, your Chael Sonnen's this year. People that have a little more character in general. Right. It's kind of boring right now. Connor, Did you say Brock Lesnar has character? He doesn't really have character, but you know, he kind of has that. Like, he has a reputation. Exactly. There you go. Way. There you go. But your Conor McGregor's, you know, people like that. Sure. So. Now, is it good for WWE business, CM Funk? Uh, it's got to be. I mean, the, the the work is together. I mean, Dana White and Vince McMahon have got to be in on this together. They showed him sitting ringside no, at WrestleMania. Right. I mean, come on now. Yeah, I mean, so there's no question. So it's got to be. It's going to be great for WWE because now people will tune into Raw to see you know what the reaction from the WWE universe is, and, and it'll just kind of roll from there. And now they can promote Brock Lesnar going crazy all the way through to SummerSlam and and then, you know, by that point, he'll be off training for, you know, his UFC yeah. comeback. They so. can't fight until January. Right. So, Lesnar's not clear to fight until then, so. Not cleared the UFC to fight because of. Correct. Because of yeah, he still has, like, six yeah. months or something left okay. on his uh, yeah. suspension, his right. drug doping yeah. suspension. So. so, now does he fight in the WWE, or does he work in the WWE, and does he drop the title? Sean. Um, <laughs> I see you waiting over there. You're well. See, that's the thing is, I've seen a lot. I don't really watch the the present day product that much. As okay, much as I used to at least. I kind of just catch the. Uh, I'm more into watching a lot of the stuff from '98. So I okay, kinda, every time I turn on the app on my phone or my uh, Kindle, uh, it has like the highlights of the week when you mm-hmm. first turn on the app. So I kind of just peruse that. Yeah. Um, that and just going through Facebook. So I've seen like a lot of people complaining about the fact that Lesnar's not on TV. He's mm-hmm. still being heralded as this longest running champion. Right. And you know he's he's never on TV to defend the championship, but they still have story without him. My question is that you know we have a WWE champion on another show, right? And there's already so much going on on the three-hour Raw as it is, mm-hmm. and the last couple of matches that Brock Lesnar's had, everyone's complained about them anyway. Sure. So my question is that is him being absent from TV really that bad of a thing hmm. in the grand scheme of things? Because you know that when he comes back, people are just going to hate him because he's a part-timer. Sure. But if he showed up and worked regularly and just did the Suplex City stuff all the time. That way people aren't going to be happy with it anyway. So you can still treat him like the special attraction that he is. And, yeah, I do think that this whole thing would definitely benefit WWE as a whole because the attention's over there. So then the question is, like I've seen it today, people saying, well, if he can go to work over there, how come he can't go to work over here? Right. And that just generates him into being a big heel. The last couple of times he was around on WWE, he was getting face reactions, and they don't want that. Exactly. So this is a way to keep that heat on him. But that's a lot having to do with facing Roman Reigns, too, because Roman Reigns is getting a lot of a heat anyway. Yeah, but even the stuff even with Braun Strowman like in those matches, that's like, true. he was still like the de facto over guy. Because once he just starts strong-arming people, and then when him and Strowman had that situation where Brock just beat the crap out of him right uh, after getting stiffed like people will still side with lesnar because he's a legit fighter that's true so 
So we'll see what happens. I mean, uh, Monday Night Raw is coming on shortly and, and from here, from when we're recording. So we're going to DVR that or watch it on Hulu so we see half of it. Uh, so I've got to always put down. Sorry. You know, I got no problem with Hulu. I really don't. So if they want to support the podcast, go ahead. We'll never get endorsements. <laughs> There's a couple of a couple of companies that we're never going to get endorsements from, but we're on MySpace. I'm going to keep putting this over. Find us on MySpace. I want to see likes. I want to see hits. I don't know how that works, but I'm down. The one okay. company without money. <laughs> Come on now, they're doing something right. They're doing something right. Um, let's see what else is going on in the world. And if you guys have tangents, just throw them one in. I mean, we've got other things happening, like the World Cup. I know Chad. I don't know if you've been watching a little bit of that. Yeah, I'm a big soccer fan. So yeah, uh, yeah I managed to catch that on AM radio, which is really nice. So AM radio. Yeah, it's so you you don't even have uh, no I don't. Fox Sports or anything. Fox okay. what? Yeah, we're getting the newspaper the day after <laughs> right. or something. Yeah, that, that's it. They I still mean, make those. I think but, so. Yeah. Okay. So well, yeah. we got. Uh, I think we're in the quarterfinals now, or the uh, semifinals. semifinals yeah. now. There's, right now, there's four teams left as we're talking. That's it. So who's gonna win? Uh, I, th- I think right now Belgium has got to be your favorite. They They're face, undefeated, right? Yeah, they face um, France in yep. their semifinal, and then you've got England against uh, Croatia in the Croatia. other semifinal. So. I think uh, Belgium and England would be a great final. Belgium's mm-hmm. probably the best team in the tournament, and England's probably the world favorite at this point, and all just because it's it's England. And was Russia the favorite because that was our home country? Probably. And they got some. They got some wins. Yeah, probably. They were kind of the Cinderella story, you know, out of nowhere. Um, so, gotcha. uh, you know, but uh, yeah, I think now I think you're Belgium, England, and then France is probably your other one. Croatia. I don't think they have much of a chance to do anything. So when we come back to Podcast 52 and Croatia has won the whole thing, forget everything I said. This is 52, actually. Is this 52? Yeah, you missed 51. When I get... When, well, whenever. <laughs> get to 53. We're going to talk about that. 75 any, something. Yeah. Then we'll have it on Facebook Live again or MySpace Live. I don't know if that exists. Uh, Big Ugly, you watch soccer? No. No. Okay. <laughs> you know, do you know what soccer is? Yeah. Okay, good. European football. You're right. <laughs> that is correct. Sean Cannon, soccer fan at all? Uh, no. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, that's what's going on in the world. That's part of what's going on in the world. I mean, any any Wimbledon fans? I just wrote it down because it's happening. Oh, Wimbledon is. Yeah, tennis. No. Anybody? No. Can okay. we get, can we get on a Tour de France uh, tangent here? Uh, is that one going on too? Yeah, that's going on. Bicycling. Just, yeah, man, just started this week. Is, past is there weekend. a championship up for that? I uh, I believe so. Title? I believe so. I think <laughs> might weigh him down when they're uh, driving. I think, I think Brock Lesnar holds that too. You don't have to show up for, <laughs> for the race. So is Armstrong still racing? Uh, no. Oh, okay. no. So he was in the movie well, Dodgeball, though. I'm, I'm, I'm out the conversation. I think he's banned, I think. Uh, banned? I believe so. Yeah, banned. I think he's banned, banned for yeah. life. Yeah. What did he do? He, he kind of, he might have doped. He doped. Oh, we love it. Yeah. It came out, like, later on that he, like, yeah. doped. Somebody snitched on him. Whoops. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they took all yeah, they his titles. They stripped his titles and everything. <laughs> stripped yeah. him, yeah. yeah. Took the drug test, failed. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. So, yeah, that's what's going on. World Series of Poker, that's also going on. The main event, that's, like, 14 days long. Yeah. 8,000 participants. I want to do that. It's on my bucket list. I'm going to do that one day. So that's what's going on in the world. But um, what else we got? You know, there's uh, Lucha Underground and Impact Wrestling kind of have a bond going on. So they're sort of trading off talent. And if you guys have seen any of this, uh, Pentagon, like a bunch of different guys. Actually, Pentagon held the Impact Championship World Championship for a while. Um, if you watch Lucha, you're seeing a lot of WWE guys that used to be there. Jack Swagger is on there now. Um, so any of this product, uh, Sean, you watch any of that product? One hour a week, two hours a week? No? 
a little bit. Nothing that's... I mean, I think the only thing I had been watching that was, like, live, other than, like, the takeovers and the pay-per-views... Yeah. ...is uh, ICW, and that's, like, Scottish, like, pro wrestling. Really? Yeah, that's pretty rad if you've never seen that. Tell uh, us about that. Well, there's a lot of guys who are actually from the UK tournaments uh, that are in there mm-hmm. uh, that have worked for a lot, like Zach Gibson... Uh, Kenny Williams, okay. uh, Trent Sevens from there. He was their heavyweight champion for a while. Wolfgang's like a mainstay over there. He's nice. kind of like their undertaker in a sense. Uh, but it's kind of cool. It's like a very like Attitude Era-ish product in modern day. So it's still like very modern day style like spot matches. Mm-hmm. But it's also a lot of old school stuff too mixed in with the ECW no rules kind of system. That's so pretty cool. And it's always done in like a pub. So it's definitely <laughs> got like that that raw dirty feel to it. Nice. But the, the fan base is very rapid. So yeah? it's very cool. Okay. Yeah. So how do we find that? Uh, I found it. Uh, there's this uh, video sharing thing called Pivot Share that a lot of people are using. Uh, I know CZW Studios, I think, uses that. Okay. Maybe. I don't know. I know MCW does. Uh, not trying to plug them all the time. Uh, but, <laughs> it's all right. Uh, yeah, a lot of independent wrestling companies are using it because you can upload your stuff to it. Uh, Primal Conflict Wrestling is another one where yeah. uh, they can put their entire library on there digitally, and people can either get a subscription-based service, uh, which is usually like $5 a month, so it's way cheaper than a lot of the other networks. Uh, and then you get access to their whole back catalog and then the future catalog. A lot like the WWE Network. The only difference is there are no live streams mm-hmm. and the archive is not obviously as big. Sure. But uh, it's still pretty cool. Like a lot of companies utilize it. Uh, and it's, it's a, I think it's a pretty decent way to make money because DVDs, like uh, nobody Almost buys DVDs now, anymore. Yeah. Yeah, they're useless. It's all about streaming now. You can pick it up on your phone or your iPad or yeah, whatever I, and you I, watch if, it. If it's not convenient in this day, like I know it sounds super lazy like in, <laughs> in 2018 and stuff, but like I've gotten very accustomed to on-demand stuff sure. and being able to look up stuff. And if I've got to go out of my way to look for it, I'm not going to. Like that's just how I am. I'm sure that's a common theme. You know, that's not just you, and that's not necessarily right. laziness. That's that, just convenience. That's the, reason that's the that way it is. Things are so successful, right? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, you know, you talked about kind of the mixture of the Attitude Era and things like that, and you talked about watching things from '98. So you know, we're going to talk about that because I mean, you were watching in the Attitude Era, big ugly. Yeah, I mean '98. Yeah. I was like the hated man. That was that you, was, and so was were you. Time, uh, CM Funk. We all watched it. <laughs> sure did. Sure did. So I mean, uh, we're going to go into that. I want to go into that tangent in a bit. But again, uh, next segment we're going to talk all about Sean Cannon and all. About more about in depth Sean Cannon. I do have some wrestling news. You have wrestling oh, news? Oh, yeah. Uh, is it uh, oh. <laughs> recent news? Go for it. What yeah. you got? I don't want you looking at my stuff. I ain't seen Go ahead. Pardon my language. Go ahead. It's dirty no. and it's ugly. So, uh, JR injured at the recent uh, New Japan. How, how, was it New Japan Pro Wrestling? Yeah, yeah. JR was injured? Yeah, JR was yes. injured, yeah. He was like commentating. Dude got slammed into the little barricade, like where their commentating mm, table is. Okay. Yeah, and he like got injured. He had to go to the ER. Yeah. What happened to him? Yeah. Well, it was, they, they, it was the uh, it was the G one special that was a cross promotion. It was done in San Francisco, I think, or, or mm-hmm. yeah. and all. Yeah, and um, and and uh, broken rib. So yeah, it was broken okay. rib. And apparently, it was a spot that he didn't know anything about that was going to happen. It wasn't like something planned ahead of time, and, mm-hmm. and he it just happened. And yeah, I heard the same thing. He got a broken rib. And, Jeez, yeah. man. And, and then commentators. The, yeah, well, who's this commentator? The uh, Josh Barnett. Is that it? his, his, his partner? His partner. Yeah. Was it Josh Barnett? It's a Josh Barnett. Uh, yeah. uh, Jerry Lawler. No. That was back in the attitude there. I thought that's what you're talking about. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I thought yeah, I remember like, that name. He like ended up chasing a guy around the ring. Yeah. Wow. What? Yeah. That's crazy. Also, so, uh, more news. More news. Fandango injured out six months. Yes. Yeah. That's all that one. Feels so bad for Tyler Breeze. 
right? I mean, that's how they were getting pushed there. Right. So he's out of competition, but can he come out and you know cut promos and do backstage and stuff like that? Probably a shoulder injury. Okay, that's all they were doing anyway. That's pretty much what they were doing. Once in a while, they would get in. You know, they'd be working. Of course, all the live events and house shows and things like that. But uh, that was a great gimmick. Miz will not be at Extreme Rules. Why not? He will be in this uh, celebrity baseball game. What? Oh, for the All Star weekend. There you go. Yeah, Yeah, he'll be there. Um, yeah. Okay. Which means he'll right. be in DC. So he'll be right down the road. Yeah. Was Miz supposed to be competing at Extreme I don't Rules? believe so. I don't, I don't think, think he was so. on my uh, the list here. So, yeah. but they got to be building up for him and Daniel Bryan at SummerSlam. I would think they well, brought they got Daniel... that that Hell No thing now. So probably not, right? Oh, okay. So yeah, they do have that. Unless Hell No does not get over on the Bludgeon Brothers this weekend, and then they because I don't, I don't see Kane sticking around long. too much longer. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Kane's yeah. running for office, like legit. Yeah. So I don't know if that's going to be. I mean, probably one. Did, Did he, he win? win? I thought he won. Maybe he won the primary. I think he I won a primary. Sure about the election. Yeah, yeah the, so, ge- the generals aren't until November, so right. Yeah. Anywhere, so yeah. So Kane's gonna win. <clears throat> All right, Glenn Jacobs is gonna win. Also, Cody Rhodes is now taking time off from wrestling. Wait a minute. Yes. What? Yeah. He's hot. Yeah. Man. So right after winning this last this GS one special, I think he won the match. He's taking time off. He said. Hmm. I think he's going to be in another episode of Arrow. Okay. So fantastic. Yeah. Good. His character was awesome on Arrow. Yeah, he did pretty good. Yeah. 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 So that's some recent wrestling news. But they got the all in event coming up on not too long and Cody's the main one book in that thing. Yeah, yeah I, that's probably part of the reason he's taking off too, to make sure he's healthy for that, I would imagine. Uh, you know, right. But for as big as that, I mean trying to sell out ten thousand seat. And they did it. Yeah, right. Quick. Quick. So yeah. That's good. So let me ask you guys, you guys wrestlers. What do you think of He's Bob? a wrestler. He's a wrestler. You're. A- I, I'm a commentator, ring announcer, referee. He's a wrestler. Gotcha. All right. So <laughs> don't put me over another wrestler. You guys saw the um, the moonwalk DDT? Yeah. Hell yeah. What did you guys think of it? I mean, I thought it was funny. That's yeah. pro wrestling, yeah. baby. Yeah. I thought it was funny. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is that uh, you're always going to have people that are going to tell you something's dumb or something's great or something's trash because everybody's got their own perspective on the business mm-hmm. and. It's great in a sense the way it's come because I remember when I first started the you know if you try to take this seriously they uh, they shit on or they uh, they, tra- they shit tra- is fine as long as we don't drop the up yeah, they uh, they shit on you for it <laughs> like I remember I got a lot of hell for taking it seriously when it was like you want to take this seriously so uh, goofball stuff like that so a lot of people would frown on uh, in today's day and age like depending on where you've been like I can tell you that a guy like Joey Matthews would probably. Yeah, he would rip that apart. Yeah, but uh, yeah, like you know, if it, I, my perspective is, if it's entertaining people and it's you know, it's not really hurting anything, right. you know, it's the dude's gimmick and it's over. Like well, whatever, you know, it's not yeah. like he's uh, he's pulling back the curtain and showing people how they do it like the main company does. So yeah, just you know, it's entertainment. I think that's cool. Right. That's funny. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, how we many all hits do does that stuff? Yeah. What we do? We all do stupid stuff. And it's, it's perception, like you said. I mean, I, I found it very entertaining to watch that. I was yeah. one of the people who had thousands of views on that thing. I watched it once or twice. Yeah, like you, you have your, your good mainstream stuff. Sure. And they're not going to see that type of stuff on there. But for something that looked like it was in front of a smaller crowd or yeah. at least in more of like the outdoor type setting, like sure, it's got spots. Shakara's got its stuff, and mm-hmm. a lot of people don't like that stuff, you know. But like everything has got its little place. Absolutely. In its own little pocket universe. I agree. There's there's a room for everybody in this world of professional wrestling. You know, I, I've worked for several different companies. So have you, Sean? And yeah, and every company has a different outlook, a different perspective. You know, you got your some haha gimmicks, you got your some serious gimmicks, you got your some hardcore gimmicks. I mean, it's it's all over the place. But I mean, there's a spot for everybody to do everything. 
I would think. Um, even you know what? And I'm going to bring this up. It was on my list. You know, I, there was one time I did compete. It was a birthday show, so it really <laughs> wasn't that. But Sean Cannon came and saved my ass. Is what he did because uh, there was a there was a show, and you know it was kind of last minute. It was for a birthday party, and I was one of the only people there. And uh, there was another student of the school, and it was like, you know what? You're gonna get in there and work. I'm like, all right. Well, I don't know. I, I know what I'm doing from other people, and I've been trained the basic training, but I have no. And I mean, these are kids, but I still want to do something. Yeah. Okay, so I got my ass kicked for about 15 minutes. <laughs> And then, I, you know, through the magic of social media, sorry, CM Funk, so, yeah. um, you know, Sean knew there was, a, there was a party and there knew something happening. So all of a sudden, coming from the back, Sean Cannon comes up and reaches out his hand. And I'm like, okay, I can tag Sean Cannon. <laughs> Holy shit. And then I so tagged him. You know, you came in, did your thing. We did a little double spot there and we won. So for birthday parties ever... I'm 2-0, and, oh, and that's one of my biggest. So <laughs> thank you, Sean Cannon, for yeah, saving totally, my ass. Totally, totally. Um, I was just doing everything I could think of to let you know whoever that was in the ring with me. I can't remember, so I do apologize because I got the shit beat out of me. But um, <laughs> it was uh, – this is why I'm a ring announcer. This is why I'm a referee. Even though as a referee, I did get my ass kicked. Thank you, Hellcast, for training me that way too. Um, <laughs> that was, so, you know, it, it's there's a spot for everything. Birthday parties – you know, pay-per-view, it doesn't matter. It's professional wrestling. There's a spot for everybody to do everything. Um, so thank you, Sean Cannon. Yeah, I mean, I, as much as the term sports entertainment may be frowned upon by a lot of people, you know, and all, I mean, it's it's what, it's what it, is. it is. So, you know, it, that, that's it. And when I mention different things, you know, we, we mentioned WWE. WWE <clears throat> has so many facets. Like, they have their mainstream Raw SmackDown pay-per-views, but they have the NXT brand. They have the UK tournaments. They have uh, 205 Live. 205 is still alive. Still alive. Yeah. Wow. Um, you know, they have the women. They, so there's a lot of people doing a lot of different things. You have NXT, you know, recorded on the streaming, and then you have NXT Live, which is some of the, the best shit you can see. I mean, my God, that six-way North American ladder championship match the day, day or two before WrestleMania? What the hell? That's fantastic. Yeah. Maruanalo was, like, standing out of his seat screaming. <laughs> uh, you know, that's, he was really legitimately into that. So. That's some good stuff, man. And this is why we have this podcast, and that's why we talk every couple of weeks. There's stuff happening, man. Um, what do you say we take a little break? How long have we been going? 30 minutes? Yeah. I'm, I was close. Yeah, I wasn't even saying, man. Saying, man. See, I ain't looking at nothing over there. Yeah. You got this. Yeah. And we'll take a little break. We'll regroup. We'll come back, and we'll, we'll delve into Sean Cannon. So as fans and as spectators and from afar, and then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dig a little deeper. you know. So whatever we can hear from Sean Cannon we want to hear it on this podcast so that you can understand and then we'll come back later we'll talk about extreme rules and some other stuff so take us in a break CM Funk tag you're it go back in We're back on the Dirty Ugly yeah. Wrestling Podcast. Thank you for cutting me off. My name is Dirty Mike. I'm the Big Ugly. Sitting here with... CM Funk. And the punk rock all-star, Sean Cannon. Sean, how you doing? You enjoy yourself on your first podcast experience with the Dirty Ugly? Damn, man. It's rad. Yeah, it's rad. I love it, man. You're using that uh, 80s lingo. 80s and 90s lingo. 90s. Always 90s. 90s was the best era. As we talk about uh, 98, the Attitude Era, we're going to talk about that, too, getting involved in Sean Cannon. So, uh, by the way, we just had about a half-hour conversation (laughs) offline here about comic books and movies and DC and Marvel. So we're going to save all that for another podcast because we've done that. 
Uh, we've done that on the slide there. We've, we've talked about things in passing. Maybe we're going to get Sean Cannon back on the oh, yeah, next yeah. podcast. Um, so we got all kinds of movies and comics coming out and all kinds of shit coming out. So we're going to do that. But right now, let's uh, let's dig into Sean Cannon. So uh, were you a fan? Did you start in the Attitude Era? Was it before that all your life? Talk about how you got into this world. I hated wrestling growing up. Really? I thought it was stupid. Are you serious? Uh, I remember the first time I ever saw wrestling was... Uh, my we a little. <laughs> my sister was watching TV in the living room. Okay, I can still see it now, and it was a match with the Undertaker. I can't remember who he was wrestling. I want to say it was maybe British Bulldog, but I definitely remember the red, white, and blue ropes. Okay, uh, and the crowd was doing you know getting behind Taker, and then eventually he did he did the sit up gimmick, and mm-hmm. I just remember looking at it and thinking this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen because I equated it to in Peter Pan when they clap for Tinkerbell and she gets up. Sure, sure. I was like, that's it. This is wrestling. <laughs> like that's stupid. And I cast it off for years. Easy and CM Funk. He's Undertaker fan. <laughs> Easy. It well, it wasn't until uh, Saturday morning cartoons. I was leaving fifth grade, going into sixth grade, so I was in that summer break in between there, mm-hmm. and I was flipping through channels. And I remember uh, going. I was trying to find uh, ABC, and I ended up going across USA the way the channels were oriented. And all of a sudden, I see Kane. Okay. You know, the mask, the hair, everything, and he's in this promo segment with Paul Bearer mm-hmm. and Mankind, and I'm like, what? What is this? Mm-hmm. So I got, like, really intrigued by it, and I just started watching it, and it was Livewire, and oh, yeah, uh, okay. I got, like, so engrossed in it, and I was like, this is what wrestling is? Like, And then I saw Steve Austin, I saw mm. The Undertaker, and I was like, oh, okay, this is way different, because <laughs> all throughout fifth grade, I remember everybody doing the Diamond Cutter thing and the DX thing, and I didn't know what it was, I just knew that it was from wrestling. Mm-hmm. So now that I actually saw what it was, I was like, oh, okay, this is not what I remembered it as a kid. And I was hooked from there and on out. Like, I remember watching every Saturday, Live Wire, and it was only like an hour recap show, or maybe a half hour recap show. Yeah, it wasn't long at all. And then uh, I missed a week, and I was so bummed about it, because I was like, ah, I, 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 I don't know what happens. And then my sister clued me in that it was live on two hours on Monday nights. Mm. It wasn't just this little recap thing, so I was just watching the little clips. So I was like, oh, well, I gotta, I gotta check this thing out. So then, yeah, I started watching on Mondays, and I remember it was, because I've been re-watching on the network, yeah. it was right before, I think it was the Monday Night Raw, the go-home show before Fully Loaded 1998. Wow. So uh, it was all in that timeline. So you have like the nation, you have DX at like the height of its popularity. Kane, Undertaker, Mankind, you know, DOA, the the LOD, like all the like the wrestling's hottest point. Absolutely. And that's kind of just when I jumped in. So yeah, I, I fell in love with it. Like Kane, Taker, and Austin were my three favorites. So the fact that they were at the center of the storylines for practically that whole year like was great and is great now that I'm rewatching it because like it's bringing back like all those memories of like sitting in the living room watching it on like summer nights. Are you seeing it differently now as you watch it? Has oh, been yeah. in the business for a while yeah. and, and critiquing certain things, and but still enjoying it though. I'm sure. Yeah, well, I'm noticing a lot more matches, probably because those are the ones that I didn't get to see when my parents were flipping channels to watch football. Okay. We only had the ones <laughs> on the cable. Game uh, Monday night. <laughs> and I would try and tape them, but like uh, you know, I've had many headshots. Uh, in well, my ten-year career, so I'm pretty sure I've forgotten a lot of those. That's uh, not for the Maryland State Athletic Commission <laughs> to hear on that one. Well, you know, you hit your head sometimes. That's right. <laughs> this is a, this is a rough business. Um, but yeah, it was. It's been cool just kind of watching all that stuff, but also just going back 
and uh, seeing like the major angles, like mm-hmm. I just watched the one where uh, Vince gets his ankle broken by Taker and Kane, right? Uh, after breakdown, because it's like you know one of you is the champion, but we're not going to say which one. And I remember watching it then, totally buying into it. When you watch it now, yeah. obviously you can see how everything's made up. So sure. yeah, like being in the business does kind of like hurt a little bit because you kind of you know once you know how it's made, mm-hmm. uh, it's not as fun. But it is kind of cool now looking back at it from this perspective mm-hmm. from back then. Mm-hmm. Because now it's just like, oh, okay, now I see how all this is building. And, like, like a uh, perfect example is the Headbangers. Headbangers are barely featured in that era. Like, sure. they're featured every now and again, but not that much. Right. Once uh, the Outlaws don't have anybody to wrestle anymore, because they've already done DOA, then Southern Justice, and the LOD's off doing their thing with Hawks Rehab thing. So they don't really have a whole lot of teams <laughs> to work with. And I'm the sorry. Nation's doing it split. Yeah. So who are they going to work with? And they're like, well, we'll bring up the Headbangers. And then they turn them heel. And it was just kind of cool seeing how they would put people on the roster and take people off the roster when they needed them, like mm-hmm. Scorpio and Farouk and Bradshaw. Sure. Like, we, this is where we need you. This is where we don't need you. So it's just been cool to kind of see how they arrange the shows now. That is cool. And that is cool to, to hear that you that you can see it in different eyes and still enjoy it in different ways. Um, you know, you both watched the Attitude Era, Big Ugly and CM Funk. I'll start with you, CM Funk. Yeah. So if you went back and watched a match from 98 now, you know, something from Fully Loaded or whatever, I mean, you haven't been on the other side of the business, so are you still watching it as a fan, or are you pulling it apart now that you've kind of just, you know, a little bit more about the business? The curtain's been pulled back a little bit? Yeah, I, say, I, think, I think it's kind of a sign of the times, you know, when you go back and look at those that, like, you know, so many just, you know, Fans know kind of what the business is now, and when mm-hmm. you go back and look at it, yeah, you same as Sean was saying, you see it, you know, a little bit more and all than what you used to, and um, and I find sometimes things that I remember really enjoying twenty years ago that you know, I watch it now and I'm like, ah, yeah, okay, I don't quite see it anymore, you know. But then there's other things where it's still like, you know, it still gets me. I still mark out for it, you know, <laughs> you know yeah, but like Undertaker sitting up, you know, I, I'll mark out for it today. I'll mark out for it ten years ago, twenty years ago, thirty years ago. It didn't matter. I, you know, I'm all over it. So, but uh, yeah, I think it's just kind of a sign of the times when it when it comes to rewatching some of those things. You kind of, you, you know, we're, we all know what goes into it. I think so. Um, and that, that kind of is why I think a lot of this is geared towards kids still to this day mm-hmm. is because they are still innocent. And they can still suspend disbelief, too. Right. You know? Exactly. So, so they don't necessarily see what's behind the curtain. They just see what's on the screen. Right, right. Yeah. And Big Ugly, you're a videographer, too, so you can see this thing behind the camera, you know, as far as taking pictures and taking shots of video. Do you see it from those angles, or do you see it as a fan? Like, if you're going back and watching, like, the Attitude Era stuff now where you got into the business. Yeah, when I, when I watch the Attitude Era, like, if I go back on a network, I... I think the nostalgia for me, because wrestling was such a big part of, like, my childhood, it, like, just takes me back and it just makes me happy. Like, I'm just watching as a fan. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's good. Like, I still love that stuff. Nowadays, yeah, I'm more watching, like, camera angles. I'm watching the stories. I'm trying to pick it apart. Because, you know, as, as Sam Funk was saying, it is a sign of the times where it's like, you're more trying to interested in, like, trying to predict and book the stuff now. Right, you know right, what sure. I'm saying? Yeah. Than actually just suspending disbelief. And it's because the curtain is pulled all the way back. You know what I'm saying? So it's a little different. But when I go back and watch the, you know, the 90s thing, 98 Attitude Era, man, I'm, I'm hooked, man. And I think because people know that the curtain is pulled all the way back, I think you can throw that stuff in there, that goofy stuff that that does suspend disbelief because it is an entertainment. I mean, if you watch a movie, if you watch a television show, it's not real. It's a movie. It's a television show. If you watch professional wrestling, they got to keep, you know, they had two hours before Sean. Now they got three hours on Monday. They got two hours on Tuesday. They got stuff on the network. They got pay-per-views once every, you know, six weeks now. And there's four or five hours long, whatever it is. But you got to keep it fresh. There's so many people involved. Um, 
back then, that core group of people that we saw, you saw people coming in, coming out, but there was that core group of people. There was no NXT. People were watching indies, but it wasn't on the internet. So what you saw that two hours, that was the greatest two hours in the world. I loved it. Every second of it because all of it was strong. There were storylines for everything and everything was intense. Everybody in the crowd had a sign. You couldn't see past all these people. Yep. That was, I'd love to get back to that era. I love it. Now, that was WWE. Did you get into WCW at all? No, I mean, I only ever watched WCW when Raw was on a commercial. Or <laughs> <laughs> That's um, what they were hoping yeah, for exactly. with you. You're your core audience right there. Yeah, yeah, I didn't. I didn't care about WCW. Like I knew who some of their guys were because of that. Like when Jericho came over, it was only because I knew for him from those quick WCW glimpses. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, I know who this guy is, and I'm excited that he's here. Yeah. Uh, so that's why I was kind of hyped for that. But yeah, uh, I think the only time I ever really watched it was probably around the time that it was closing. Right. Just because it was like, look at this train wreck. It's so bad. <laughs> it really was. Like, even at that point, like, I kind of knew how things, or at least I thought I knew how things worked. So it's just like, what are they doing? Yeah. So that's sort of like uh, 2000, 2001. So when did you say, hey, I'm, I'm done being a fan. I want to train. I want to get into this business. When did you do that? Well, I mean, I think I first got the idea, like, oh, you can do this when Tough Enough happened. Okay. Because uh, it was just the idea of, how, like, at least when I was a kid, which is very different from kids today, among many other things, but the key thing is how to get into pro wrestling Mm -hmm. was the biggest mystery because there wasn't a Google pro wrestling school. That wasn't a thing. Like, I think Lycos and Yahoo were, like, the two big search engines. (laughs) Wow, Lycos. Maybe AOL. Hashtag Lycos. Yeah, so, like, finding a school really wasn't that easy, especially, like, living in Maryland. Mm. I'd always see, like, the Bone Breakers commercials Mm -hmm. on TV during Raw and stuff like that, and when we would go to the house shows, they would hand out flyers but that was the extent so trying to find a wrestling school is a thing so seeing tough enough kind of gave me the idea of oh okay well this thing is common Uh, but you know wwf's putting it on so Mm -hmm. how common could it be right uh so then uh i think it was by tough enough three i had kind of made up my mind that i wanted to do it and i said if they have a tough enough four i'll put in my audition thing and they didn't really do it because it was that million dollar thing they did years later right right uh so i was like well that's kind of a bummer so uh, I found out that EWA had a school over mm. in. Was it Middle River at that time? No, it wasn't it was Dundalk. Before that, it was before the Middle River School. Whatever was before that. Okay. Because uh, that was the school I started. At. Okay. But uh, I went there. In, actually, no, they were at Dundalk at this point because it was 2005 when okay. I graduated high school, and I went there for a free tryout because uh, I really wanted to do it, and my friend from high school really wanted to do it, and I was too chicken to call. So he called, and then we both drove up there in his car. And then when we did the tryout, like they, you know, the basic stuff, mm-hmm. give me the bombs, all that stuff. Sure. And I fell in love with it. He didn't, and I just had to work up getting the money and my driver's license. Cause I didn't even drive at that point. So I was really lazy with it. it took like three years, and then by yeah, 2008, I uh, I decided like that was it. Like put my money where my mouth was, literally, and gave it to Jim, and then started training there, and then that was it. Let me cut you off for one second. Why don't you ask your big uh, your your question, big ugly, and your favorite question? Yeah, man. You just mentioned it. <clears throat> so how was it when you took your first bump? Uh well, see, that's tricky because like like first bump in a wrestling ring, uh, it felt natural. Like yeah. it, it honestly just it felt like exactly what I thought it was gonna feel like. It it hurt, but it was kind of that like expected kind of like okay, like if you like I don't know like if you're running really fast and you slide in the home plate, like it's gonna hurt, mm-hmm. but you expect it, so it's kind of like your brain's already triggered for it, so it's a little bit of euphoria. So that was kind of what it was like. That first bump was just like oh that kind of sucks, but like I could get used to it <laughs> kind of thing. I think it was that whole first thing of like bang, 
all right, I think I could do this because that's the testament right there. It's like when you take that first one. But yeah, I had backyard wrestled before that for a little bit, so I had bumped on the ground and air mattresses and hardwood floors at that point. So I was like, this is nothing. There's padding here. This stuff Don't works. try this at home. Do it at somebody else's house. Yeah. That's what I say. And we all <laughs> see. You ever see that disclaimer? That's what it is. I never did it at my house. I hear you. Play smart, not hard. That that's right. And uh, you know we've all been through that. Or a lot of us have been through that, and that was fine. So uh, you know that you, you took your first bump. You liked it. You loved it. Now this was 2008 when you decided to get into this. This is 10 years ago now. Yeah. So um, you went through the training. Uh, how long did it take you to actually get involved in a match? or a story or anything like that because I've I've seen pictures it's not the same guy we see today no Uh, started well I started training officially in February when the school was set up and after many 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 beatings uh, I had one match that summer in August Mm -hmm. or maybe September Uh, it was me and Chris Burns versus Diaz and Alex Lunar and that was a 30 minute This part of the conversation is going to tell you how many people go in and out of all these wrestling organizations. It, but go on, it thirty was, minutes. Yeah, it was bad. Uh, it was our first match, and it was just you know it was terrible. I still watch it, and it's garbage. Uh, <laughs> it's ten years ago. And then I didn't really get to do anything else until the end of the year when they started running the free Friday night fights. Mm-hmm. And then I had one match with Champ Champagne, who I don't think wrestles anymore. Mm, yeah. And I more. had hurt my knee uh, a week prior to that. So I remember it kind of locked up after that, and Mm -hmm. then I did referee work for a little bit during the rest of the Friday night shows. Yeah, you told me about that when I first started, yeah. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, I got launched from corner to corner uh, by Nui and DJ, messed up my back after my knee was cleared, so I had Mm. to wait another couple weeks after that. But then, yeah, I'd say first official licensed show match was against Adam Cole at JD Byriders for the Cruiserweight title. Uh, uh, I want to say May or mm, yeah, maybe May because they used to do them two a year. They right. did spring and fall. And right. I want to say this was the spring show. Adam Cole, baby. baby. Can you believe that? Back when he was Adam Carell. Right. Wow. wow. That's great. So, yeah, and there's pictures of him. And I, I believe he was, uh, he was an EWA Cruiserweight champion. Was he the first? No, he was not the first. He wasn't the first. He the, was one. The promotion them. existed for a while before a lot of I know it's been around 17, 18 years, but yeah. I wasn't um, sure if they had that championship back then. That long. Um, I don't know. It's been a while. Before Adam, it was uh, Zach. No. Yeah, before Adam, it was Zach Matthews. Uh, before Zach Matthews, it was Drew Gulak. Mm, Drew Gulak. There's another name for you, WWE uh, 205. Before <laughs> Drew Gulak, I think, was Derek Frazier. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it, wow. it gets spotty. I know Jimmy Stars held it at one point. Yep. Uh, and then yeah, Adam eventually had it for two years. Wow. He had it for a while until he lost it in the ladder match that I was in. To me. To you. That's <laughs> yeah. right. Because you have a win over Adam Cole. Yeah. Hey, that's right. I didn't know Adam Cole was from this area. Or like wrestling. Um, he's from, he's from PA. Well, he wrestled out of PA. Yeah. I think right. he's from Florida originally. Mm-hmm. But he started training at the CZW school. And then he started coming down here. Right. And he was getting on a little bit before me because he had way more experience. And yeah. he was way better than I was. And he was also in shape. Because at the time, I was like 150 pounds soaking wet, holding a brick, wrapped in like 18 layers. <laughs> <laughs> While Adam Cole looked like a worker. Uh, but nicest guy. Like, we always said he was way too nice for this business. So to see him at the spot that he's at, it's not a surprise. Yeah. 
and I've met him a couple of times. It was a couple of years ago. It wasn't as uh, re- you know early as you met him, but he was always a really nice guy, down to earth. Um, very you know, shake your hand, help you out with anything, ask him a question, or give you an answer. So he was he was pretty cool. Yeah, I, he's like yeah. I remember that my first match with him. I remember forearming him in the face, right along his jawline, so much in that. Nice match. and stiff. I didn't know any better, and yeah, I'm naturally I'm very stiff. Uh, <laughs> I've apologized many times to many people for it, um, <laughs> but uh, I just remember hitting him so many times. It wasn't on purpose. Like I wasn't trying to be a dick. I just I didn't know any better. Yeah. So uh, I remember after the match, he told me like you might want to watch those forearms. Like he was being very nice about it. But I heard later that day they went out to eat, and he could barely like eat because oh, his jaw hurt man. him so bad. But he was so nice about it. Like he should have like ringed wow. me out. But sure. He didn't. Uh, but yeah, I remember hearing that. Story. No receipts in the ring initially. For no, that kind of no. Stuff. Adam's always been a class act. That's like, cool. I, you know, I haven't talked. I think the last time I talked to him is when I started. We started being real heavy with the All Stars gimmick because there was a match uh, that we were supposed to have with the Wolves at Shamrock Cup two or three years ago. Right. Uh, it was us that. versus the Wolves, mm-hmm. and then Davey couldn't make it, so they were going to have Eddie Edwards and then a partner. Uh, who was going to be there and Adam Cole was there yeah. and we were hoping that he was going to be in the match but he had just signed a ring of honor contract that said you can only wrestle for approved places and that wasn't one of them yeah. uh, so they ended up using uh, Phoenix Fury instead right. uh, but I remember talking to him that day and we were both kind of bummed that we couldn't do it but uh, yeah, that was the last time I talked to him and then shortly after that like the Bullet Club thing happened mm-hmm. and then uh, he blew up all over the world <laughs> like I can't wait to be able to buy a WWE branded Adam Cole action figure that's just that's <laughs> <laughs> like same thing with Leo Rush. Like it's just it's such a like weird thing to see. Are you, are you gonna take it out of the package and just start stepping it? With <laughs> Probably, <laughs> yeah. Just like old times. Awesome. Nice. If they make one of those bone crunching buddies, yeah, yeah, there you go. Awesome. Yeah. Had those man. Ultimate yeah. Warrior had that a long time. So ago. did you work with Leo as well, Leo Rush? Oh yeah, Leo. Um, so that's kind of how the All Star started. Was. Uh, I tell this story to everybody, so I guess I'll, I'll say it on this podcast sure, so go I can ahead. get it on an official recorded record because I'm kind of tired of repeating it to everybody I come across. <laughs> I'm we'll not, share it. I'm not shy about it. Just um, make sure you download the podcast so you yeah. can just play it back. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Perfect. iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and MySpace. <laughs> so um, when I left EWA, yeah. uh, under all that stuff that happened then, um, I was going to MCW. Mm-hmm. And at the time... EWA did not like MCW. MCW didn't care and still doesn't. Uh, they don't really consider anybody locally their competition because they're in the universe all their own. Mm-hmm. They only care about their product and their brand. Right. Uh, everybody else seems to be think that they're in competition, but they honestly could not care less. Right. Um, so when I was coming into MCW, uh, they put me into the Shamrock Cup for my second ever match. And the Shamrock Cup, if you don't know, is a big local tournament. Huge. And, yeah, big pressure there. And they were putting me in there against Drolix. And that was, like, a big deal for me because I had trained with Drolix. Like, we came from the same background. Mm-hmm. I'd started on shows a little bit before him, but he took to it like a duck to water, and he got way farther than me and deserves it. The guy's amazing. Mm-hmm. So I was, like, really excited for this opportunity because he was really rocking and rolling at that point. He was on the verge of, like, really taking over that place. Sure. And uh, I just remember going into that match. That was the only match I was not nervous for in my entire career. And I just remember feeling so confident going in there. And I fell flat on my face. It was the worst match I've ever had. Uh, everything fell apart. Uh, like Worse I, than that first tag team match you just talked about? Yeah. That was bad. Because, wow. Because this was in front of uh, the Shamrock Cup audience, yeah, right, in right. front of the biggest promotion in the state. That's huge, yeah. And this was the opportunity that I wanted. Mm-hmm. Now, 
I'm also on the way out at EWA at this point. Right. So I have no safety net, mm-hmm. and everything falls apart. Uh, I remember uh, the idea was uh, I was supposed to beat Drolix within the first, like, 30 seconds because I would hit him with my knee mm-hmm. in the corner, and I missed him. I whiffed him. Like, I don't know why, but I pulled it at the last second. I don't know why I did it. I still don't. I've watched it back on tape. I don't know why, but you could hear the air get sucked out of the room. Wow. And from then on, the match fell apart. I went for a springboard dropkick. I called it. I've never done a springboard dropkick in my life. I don't know why. I just, like, sabotaged that whole thing. I nuked it. So I just remember coming to the back, and uh, first person to see me was Rich Myers. He's, like, an agent that works for them, yeah. Ramblin' Rich. And he told me, well, you know, uh, wasn't that great. Uh, some things you know you need to improve on. He was trying to be nice to me. Sure. Dan McDevitt walked up to me and he Uh-oh. ripped me apart. Yeah. Uh, Dan McDevitt, the owner of MCW. Yeah. Uh, he said that it was terrible. Uh, it was the shits. Uh, he's never seen anything so bad in his life. He felt bad that he put that on the show. They felt like they had to change the entire finish to the cup now because I jeopardized everything with what had just happened. Wow. Uh, and I've heard many other things since then because he went to anybody that would listen. And I'm sure you know either venting or because he felt he needed to you know tore me apart. And I deserved it. Yeah. Because like, he tells like I, this, you know? I had a chip on my shoulder at that point. I thought I was better than I was, and I was not as good as I nearly thought I was. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that happened, um, and I, you know, I said to Dan, "Sorry, uh, hope if I'm fired, uh, at least thanks for the opportunity." And he said, "I'm only mad at you because I know you have better potential than this." Because I had a match before that with them, and it went fine. Yeah. So it's you know the Shamrock Cup pressure and all that stuff. Sure, sure. He he knew better because earlier in the day he had heard about the knee idea, which was not my idea. Uh, I don't remember who came up with it. I don't want to. I don't want to stick it to Drolix, <laughs> but it might have been his idea. But I just remember Dan originally said that nah, that was a terrible idea and we wouldn't go through with it. And I was like, I agree because I don't. I I think that's a, way too big for me coming in. But then later at a production meeting, he said that he wanted to go through with it against his better judgment. And then that was kind of the one thing where he was like, I knew I should have just went with my instinct. Yeah, which is kind of a funny story uh, uh, later on in my career. But. Um, so, yeah, we were at the training school, uh, myself and my partner, Drake Carter, who mm-hmm. had also, through different circumstances, found himself in a similar situation of, I don't know if I'm going to get fired or not, so I don't. I just got to try and find my way back up in this company. So we started both going to the school on the regular and started training. We stood next to each other one day with our beards, and they said, you guys look like you could be a tag team. And that's <laughs> how it started. Uh, we were put together on a Tuesday, and we were on our first show by that Saturday up at WXW. Yeah. Uh, we were still trying to figure out his name because he had a different name at the time and what we were going to actually be called. Like, we didn't know anything. This was our first match as a tag team going against the tag team champions up there. So Mm -hmm. it was, like, very surreal. Uh, But, yeah, within a couple weeks, we uh, started training tag stuff, and they had two standout students at the school, Leo Rush and Patrick Clark, who is Velveteen. That's right. And uh, they really wanted to push these two kids because uh, I remember when Leo, uh, I don't want to say when Leo first started, when I first met Leo was when the MCW school first had opened and was using students, like the curriculum and everything, like Mm -hmm. when the first initial class class, like when they set up at Joppa. Sure. So he had apparently already, he and Patrick had had trained up at Gilbergs before that had closed previously, so they had a little bit of ring time. I don't know how much to the extent. But I just remember seeing them at MCW and watching Leo's footwork, the way that that kid would move just on day one was, like, very, like, weird to see Mm because that kid, like, was very natural at it. Same thing with Patrick. Like, those two kids just got it. 
So um, they wanted to push them as like the first success thing of the school because like look at them, they're in shape, they're young, they're athletic, they got everything. Let's push them as like the first graduates. So they wanted to push them into a program with us. So I said, okay, like, well, I didn't have to say, okay, it was just like, whatever, <laughs> we'll do whatever we got to do. Yeah. So we kept up with them at training as best we could. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, anything they would do, we would try all that other stuff. And we put together a lot of good stuff. And then yeah. I think originally we were, I, I don't know this, this is all on my point of view, but I think we were supposed to be food for them. I think it was supposed to be, have the young kids go up against the vet team and we'll job out the vet team for the young kids to put them over. Sure. And I, was, I didn't care. You know, who am I? I'm nobody. I know that, uh, especially at the time. I literally wasn't anybody. I had nothing. Uh, just the EWA stuff, which, you know, like, it exists in a bubble on its own. Sure. Uh, MCW is kind of recognized more, like, uh, in other areas. Yeah. And at the time was getting national coverage. So uh, it was kind of more of a big deal. Uh, so, yeah, it, there was more pressure there, too. But... Yeah, it was just a really interesting time to like work with them, and then that program all came about, and then uh, we ended up uh, getting a long series of matches with them, like a lot of tag matches with Leo. That's good. So if yeah. you yeah, if you can, obviously you're doing something right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was really cool. Like we got a real cool series with them, and then like that kind of set us off on our own thing because that's where all the gimmick stuff came from. That's where the makeup, the hair, the mm-hmm. beard, all that stuff came from working with them. And by the time uh, we finished with them, they were skyrocketing. Patrick ended up getting picked for Tough Enough. Mm-hmm. Leo jump-started his career and started ping-ponging all over the place. And then, you know, we tried to build our own thing here. But just, yeah, watching those kids just jettison off into the stratosphere that quickly is like, ah, oh, it's amazing. And it's two different, completely different ways that they did it. Mm-hmm. Like, ah, oh, yeah, it's amazing. And I'm so, like, happy for those two. And to see where they're at now and to notice where they came from, that's the same thing when you had your, your uh, you know, match with Adam Cole, you know, it's like now to see, and then you can be like that, you were a part of that. You might be, not seem like a, not a big part of it and you're insignificant, but it is significant because they had to do that to yeah. get where they, you know, where they were, where they are. So that's fantastic. Um, when you, Big Ugly, when you see you know, Velveteen Dream. You've seen, you know, on NXT. Uh, you're, you're a fan. I notice. So, <laughs> hearing all this backstory now, to where he comes from. I mean, are you surprised? I mean, do you have, you know, and knowing Sean was in there with him. I mean, is this is surprising to you, or is this uh, kind of like, hey man, this is pretty cool. I know yeah. the roots. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not surprised, but it is pretty cool. Like hearing this, hearing this story and like their backstories and stuff. And uh, you know, you've gotten to work with a lot of people. So, yeah, yeah, a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. So it's pretty dope. And, uh, you know, Sam Funk, uh, you know, you've seen, you know, NXT back and forth, yeah. Velveteen Dream, you know, he's very, I don't know if you saw the most recent one, um, but he's he's now on singles matches by himself, and he's like, no matter what he's doing, he's over. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah wait, he's wait, killing it. No, so it absolutely killing it. Yeah, I mean, it's just cool. I mean, because, I mean, everybody started somewhere, you know, yeah. and, and, and to see, uh, you know, these local, you know, talents and all, you know, come up through the ranks and... You know, get to go. You know, like wrestle you, Sean, or you know whoever it is, and just I mean, they they put in their work, you know, and and to see them have the success that they're having now is just it's just awesome to, to watch, and and they're so much fun to watch in the ring anyway and perform. So it's 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 just cool. Really and cool. and they they paid their dues, and as you yeah. guys did, but they, you, know, you said you and Drake were standing on the apron, and you had a look, and they said well, we're going to put you together. So anything can happen at any time. Oh yeah, you know, and it's just a matter you get the spot that you're given. You go in there, you know, you're given three minutes, you're given ten minutes, whatever you need to do, and you kill it. And you do exactly what you need to do, and then they put you in and they do it again. Obviously, it was a running storyline, it was a running gag, you know. Um, and you, you guys had a lot of, you know, history with the Hellcats as well, you know. And that's, you know, they came from, you know, EWA or came through EWA as well. So, um, 
you know, that came all up. So EWA, MCW, you have a lot of different places where you do a lot of different things. So what's happening now? I mean, you said you took a little break and you're coming back from a little break. Yeah, like my head kind of fell apart uh, last year. Uh, Talk about that. So uh, the the situation that I was in at the time, I felt like I was uh, running myself thin. Okay. Uh, I wasn't having fun anymore. Uh, I didn't want to do shows anymore. I didn't want to be part of the industry anymore. Wow. It, was, it wasn't fun. Um, I made it that way for myself because I started putting a lot of pressure on myself to compete with people I had no business competing with. Okay. Um, and trying to please other people instead of myself. So it wasn't until I made that realization that I was like, I need to step away. Because when I when I would go to training, even though I would do everything fine, I felt like there was things that they weren't telling me. Okay. And I felt like uh, I was I started to get anxiety about showing up and doing a lot of that stuff. Because I was like, I, as a 10-year vet, I feel like I should be better than this. Mm-hmm. And there was nothing wrong. I just built it up inside my head. Okay. Uh, and it, so I had to like take a break because uh, I thought about it too. And it was just at the time I was burnt out. You know, 10 years in, I mean, this is the 10th year, but at the time, nine years in, sure. no break ever. I've never had a break. I've never even had, like, you know, I mean, not like, to complain about it, but I've never had an injury to where it's, like, kept me out of the ring for long periods of time. Mm-hmm. So there was never a point in time where I had, a, like, a moment to just kind of sit back and, like, look at everything because the way I've always been has been uh, what you do today is all right, but the moment tomorrow rolls around, it's, okay, it's over. Move on to the next thing. So, like, I would never allow myself to really kind of enjoy anything. Like, when we won the MCW tag titles, yeah. it was an amazing moment. Mm-hmm. But I only, like, held on to that, like, specific feeling for, like, that weekend. And then Monday, I was just like, all right, on to the next thing. What's next? Yeah. And, like, I, you know, she shouldn't be that way. Uh, maybe I shouldn't be that way. Uh, that's how kind of how I've always been. Like, I always kind of underplay myself to a lot of people. Uh, why I do it, I don't know. Uh, it might just be me trying to be humble. But at the end of the day, yeah, my brain just kind of fell apart. And I just okay. didn't want to do it anymore. So I told my partner, I said, look, I'm not really interested in doing anything, but I know you are. And he had his own personal stuff going on. So both of our lives were kind of just falling apart. Mm. And I told him, I said, wow. look, if you, uh, if you want to keep taking bookings, I'll totally honor him. But I'm not looking to do anything extra. And we did some extra work here and there, and uh, it was just kind of trying to find like how fun it was again. And we kind of centered on three promotions that we started working with: uh, Dynamite Championship Wrestling down in Delaware. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, there's two PPWs, and I always screw up what the acronyms are, but I believe the one we work for <laughs> is uh, Premier Pro Wrestling right. up in Hazleton, PA. Uh, and they're a great group of guys. Not the DCWs, not they're also a great group of yeah. guys. Uh, and Primal Conflict Wrestling, who we had been working with for a while anyway. Mm-hmm. Yep. But we kind of wanted to take a step away from MCW because that is a very professional environment. Yes. Uh, especially at the time, Joey Matthews was te- Joey Mercury was teaching at the school. And it was a very, like, on my end, very tense thing because um, before, you know, when I started training, getting to WWE is a pipe dream. You know, you start training and they flat out tell you when you first start making it. Odds are you're probably not going to make it, and you probably won't make any money, right? I told you that. I've told everybody yep, that. Absolutely. Because uh, I understood that. And then after all this time, and the business kind of gets regulated with seminars and professional schools and actual trainers, and you know the industry kind of gets cleaned up from a lot of that garbage that it was before that's mm-hmm. still out there, but not as bad. And then you know you see Patrick, and you see Leo, and you see Jess, and you you know you see. Gulak, all these people yeah. getting jobs, and it's like, man, they, 
get into WWE. It's not easy, but like it's po- it's it real possible. Happen. There's an avenue, mm-hmm. and I'm in the avenue. Like, what am I doing? And yeah, it just kind of got to that point where I just I had to be like, well, what am I doing? Like, am I pushing myself as hard as I can? And it just it was a lot of self reflection. So uh, yeah, we had to take a step away from MCW because that environment at that time was not where I needed to be. Mm-hmm. My partner, I can't speak for him, but I think he felt kind of the same way. And I didn't feel like I wanted to waste their time because, again, that's a promotion that really prides itself on its work and its quality, and I didn't want to feel like I was dragging it down, so I removed myself. Okay. So after the whole haircut thing with the Hellcats, we kind of took advantage of that, and we said, all right, we're going to chill a little while. We didn't necessarily tell them. Uh, we did after uh, a while because they started to get concerned because they hadn't heard from us in a while. Yeah. But, you know, they had always tried to check up on us. We were just very distant. So they were totally professional. We were kind of the ones unprofessional. But, they, you know, they tell us that you know, we're welcome back at any time as long as we work out our stuff. Uh, That's but, good. Yeah, we focused on a bunch of other promotions, uh, and PPW has been amazing. Like, I prefer being a villain. Uh, and that <laughs> place gives me the opportunity to do that. All the other places, we have to be the heroes, and it's whatever. But uh, it's fun. Like, Primal Conflict Wrestling, we're the tag champions down there. That's right. Uh, we're the tag champions up at PPW. Uh, and DCW, we were the tag champions for about 30 seconds. And then that <laughs> so I don't know what's going to happen with that. Uh, and I don't know when the next time we'll be back there is. But, you know, like I said, we're going to try to eventually get back to MCW when that happens. But we just needed that break and that's what kind of this last year was was like just trying different things like experimenting with the hair and the look a little bit and mm-hmm. then just going to different places and just trying different stuff and trying to work how it was before when i didn't care uh and not in the sense of you know being sloppy and just going out there and doing whatever but mm-hmm. i didn't care what the back thought because that was what problem is that i stopped caring about the fans entertainment and my entertainment mm-hmm. and i was worrying about the office and i was worrying about the people back there sure and that's what drove me crazy. So I just need to learn to understand their criticism and appreciate the criticism and take their criticism and build on their criticism, mm-hmm. but not dwell on their criticism right. and let it eat away at me and make up things that aren't there. <laughs> Good call. Uh, yeah, you know, it's yeah, it's a mental health thing, you know. Yeah, like, absolutely. I'm a guy that suffered from depression, and, you know, we all have our dark moments and dark times, and that was just a, a perfect storm kind of situation. Yeah. So yeah, it took a while, but, you know, everyone needs time. Head's in a better place now, though. I think so. <laughs> Body's in a better place physically. Yeah, like, I've had a couple of shows recently, and, like, yeah, that was the other thing, is just healing up, because, like, my shoulder was bad, both my elbows are bad, uh, my neck's not in the best shape, and, like, just... I you walked know. in here on your own two feet today, so... Yeah, I mean, like, I didn't feel like getting beat up every week if I was just gonna uh, not be into it. Like, right. why am I gonna torture myself that way? And I think that was probably for the best. We'll see <laughs> if the future goes well or not. Yeah, I mean it's it's independent wrestling. If you make it to the avenue in the WWE or make it up further, you know that's fine. But you know you got to live day to day, and well, you got to live thing, with yourself every day. The other so. thing I came to realize was like I've seen it in the business, both locally and professionally. But like, just because you stop for a little bit doesn't mean that's it. Yeah, you know, like I look at a guy like Ryan McBride who stopped after he had knee surgery, and people thought he wasn't ever going to work again, and then he did, mm-hmm. and you know he's still got a great career. Yeah. You know he's had highs and he's had lows. I've seen guys on the you know the majors that like stopped for a while and then came back and started doing stuff. You know like uh, the Hardys or absolutely uh, Goldust. You know like those guys reinvent their careers and then they they do stuff. So like on every level, guys take breaks and guys kind of like find ways to 
you know, recharge their batteries in a sense. And I'm some, such a small local level. And yeah, like I'm not like a spring chicken or anything. I'm up there in the terms of wrestling ages. Like, you know, 31 is not young in this industry. Yeah. Uh, especially being 10 years in. Right. But at the same time, it's just like, you know, I, I've seen guys like that have worked longer than me that took like a little bit of time and then like they found their niche and they got into it. So mm-hmm. like, I'm not going to keep stumbling along until eventually I pick myself back up, like pick the right spot and then go that way. So that was kind of the whole idea behind that like I was like I originally was like well you can't stop because if you stop then like you lose all your bookings you lose all your momentum like nah like I always joke about it and it's I don't mean any disrespect by what I say so I hope anybody listening doesn't take it that way no this is dirty and ugly don't worry about that (laughs) Uh, I, I always joke around that we won two sets of tag championships on minimal effort and that was just on the part of trying like I wasn't going to training I was going to the gym but I wasn't going to training I wasn't studying tape I wasn't paying attention to the wrestling world at all Yeah. and yet still coming up with different stuff to do and entertaining crowds and still doing that thing so it's like there is a life in this that I don't have to do it the way I did do it yeah so I think you find that happy medium now and, and you guys will attest to this when you watch independent wrestling you can see the guys that are having fun you can see the guys that are out there you know kind of doing their thing and you can see some of the guys that take it way too seriously and they're not necessarily putting on the best show for you but they're not also having fun for themselves they're going back and possibly over critiquing themselves and you know booking themselves into a corner and they'll be like oh uh, what the hell do I do now and they gotta live with that so uh, you guys watch independent wrestling you guys are fans so you guys see that yeah I mean I I think I think the big thing you know you gotta remember you're you're out there just to have some fun and you're you're out there to enjoy it I mean yeah it, it is a job but at the same time you know you got into it for a reason because you enjoyed it as a young person and all and it was fun for you then so needs to maintain that fun going forward yeah absolutely big ugly you agree yeah no i definitely agree and i think that that's for any any type of passion you know really i know that like coming from film world like you know i've known people that you know have done cinematography and you know they started doing it for a living after a while and it it wasn't fun anymore Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying then they wanted to step away so i completely understand it with wrestling as well and I hope you find that way back. Um, you know, and, and we speak MCW, and we kind of went behind you know the scenes there. But uh, I'm actually getting a chance to work with MCW again because of the podcasting thing. So you know, had me coming in. They want to do a podcast. They want to you know put over their shows. They want to put over their results. They want to you know put over some interviews. So I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm glad I get a chance to do that. So hopefully it stays fun. Um, and uh, you know, because they're, they're serious over there, they know what they're doing, and you know, they got people that are going to be. They keep it fun, like it's a professional environment, but it's a yeah. very like once you're in, it's a very welcoming atmosphere. Yeah. They just expect, you know, it's again, it's a job. Yeah, you know, to treat it like that. And and I've been there before, and it was it was good, and, you know. But when I got into it before, it was kind of like they were on their transition, you know, with their you know creating their new wrestling school and things like that. So, um, and I was working with EWA and, and PCW and a lot of other different places. Yeah, you were on your way out as I was on my way in. Yes. Um, and I, I don't know if it was necessarily a bad thing, but they just had their own students coming up, and they had you know more referees and more experienced referees because I was refereeing at the time, and I had to remember not to take that personally. It's not me. I was really green at the time, and then you know still I'm six seven years in the business, but I'm not the greatest of anything. I just. I learn as I go, and I like the, the criticism. I've taken that roughly before too, and I've, you know, I probably yelled at you a bunch. Y- you might have. <laughs> I mean, there's people out there, and That's I, why I I'm can't hard. train people. I'm too mean. I mean, no, I'm hard on myself, but it, as well, I got to remember to take it constructively and be, remember that I'm not better than anybody else and it's not about that you know there's people out there that are very talented very experienced but even still they're learning stuff too as they go along and you get with new people and you got to learn it um i learned real quick from you from jimmy stars you know from it's like 
it's who you learn from and how you learn. And I, it took me a long time to realize that, but you're 10 years into the business, you're by no means done. Um, Sean Cannon, the punk rock all-star, maybe even the punk rock all-stars, you know, about there. Um, so thank you for shedding a little light into this. Why don't you, uh, if you want people to follow in social media or anything like that, let them know. Tell us where you can find you and um, what can we do to find Sean Cannon out there? Uh, well, on Twitter, I think it's just Sean Cannon. Mm-hmm. Uh, S-H-A-U-N. Yes. C-A-N-N-O-N. spells it wrong. I know. <laughs> uh, and then Instagram is the Sean Cannon because uh, there's apparently a recording artist, like some country star or something. That's, <laughs> really? Yeah, that's that, that's his name, and I got the Twitter handle before he did. Yeah. So I just never gave it up. But, uh, there's a rapper then, named Mikey D out there, but it ain't me. Yeah, <laughs> Facebook's the same thing, but uh, I don't rec- I don't accept everybody's requests. I think it's kind of funny watching them all add up. I think I've got 167 lined up right now. you got to be careful. With, there's a lot of ghost <coughs> accounts out there and yeah. Facebook security and anything like that, so you got to be careful. Especially people that don't have profile pictures. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> Who are you? So you are selective, and if you do get accepted or followed by Sean Cannon, that means you are okay, and you are not a ghost, Just and you okay. are fine. That's right. Just but uh, you know, come out, find us. You know, pay for a ticket. Come out. You got merch out there. For, um, you know, like uh, yeah, beer there's bands. A, there's a pro like wrestling tees store that doesn't get much business. Uh, so if people could go to that, that would be great. Pro Wrestling Tees. Yeah, just search Punk Rock All-Stars. There's, I'm sure there's a web address, but I never remember it. I just copy and paste anytime it's on the phone. <laughs> uh, and uh, we have merch at shows. Uh, we haven't recently because we're trying to redesign new stuff since sure. the, the gimmick is or the look has kind of changed compared to the old stuff. But, yeah, there's stuff online. You can find stuff. Well, and I will say one more thing before we uh, take another break and then come back and talk about Extreme Rules uh, for a little bit. Um, I've seen you evolve, you know, from Sean Cannon, you know, 160, 170, building your body up, building your you know gimmick up. And as far as I understood, when I was still in EWA and you left – I don't know the backstory, and we're not here to talk about that. But I mean, it was good enough terms for you to actually come back and do a shot here or there. Um, I did business the right way. You did, and that's something that I really want to express to these guys here. It's about doing it the right way. There's a lot of people that, and I'm not going to point out names here, uh, but in all areas of life that just don't do it the right way. Um, you gotta. It, it's a respect thing. It's a common courtesy thing. Um, do it the right way because, and like I said, MCW doesn't see themselves as competition for this, that, and the other thing. That if you want to go out and work another place, go ahead and do it. As long as you do what you need to do here when you need to do it. They want to make wrestlers. Yeah. Well, MCW's whole goal is to make you good enough to go to at Ring of Honor, NXT, WWE, yeah. wherever. And this is That's everything. I mean, they've got, you know, uh, uh, Ref D up there, you know. So it's referees, it's ring announcers, it's wrestlers, it's podcast whatever you want to do they only build their brand to build other people right that's all they're about and that's pretty cool that's really cool and when you go to pay for an mcw show you see that and you see the work that they put on and it's very quality uh ewa as you said it exists kind of it's in its own bubble a lot of other places do the same thing but you know do it the right way damn it i'm sorry i've seen it on the inside of the business on the other side of the guardrail uh do it the right way. So I want to tell you thank you for doing that because I've worked with you in several different places and you haven't necessarily burned bridges, but you maybe had more of a conflict in yourself than you had with others. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I mean, from what you're telling me here, this is I'm learning new stuff about you too. I mean, so, if we're talking about when I left there, the, that situation without getting into specifics, yeah, because yeah. I don't want to hurt anybody's That's fine. feelings, <laughs> was uh, I 
uh, from what I understand, I got edged out because somebody didn't like me because of the position that I was in. So they made up certain things, like that the first Sweet 16, when I went over, it was because I put myself over, which was not correct. I was on the booking team, but I was the only person at that booking table that said I wanted Wes Mercer to go over. Everyone else said me, because Jimmy's the first one to say it, and then everyone else agreed with him. And I said, well, I don't agree with it, but if everybody says okay, then I'll do it. And everyone said okay, so I did it. But I apparently got heat for that. Uh, And then the second Sweet 16, I think I got heat for that one too, but at that point I didn't care. (laughs) <laughs> um, but no, leaving there was not my idea. What, how that went about was I showed up for one of the EWA birthday shows. Uh, and this is 100% like I'm an open book. I don't need feel the need to lie to anybody. No, that's fine. Uh, and, you know, this is, again, this is a podcast. You know, we're out here to, to hurt anybody. I'll just, anybody. I won't name names. So the people who were involved, you'll know. And the people who weren't involved, they can just speculate. Um, <laughs> that's what wrestling is. I showed up to an EWA birthday show. The family didn't show up or they were late. You know how that usually yeah, went because yeah. it was disorganized there at the time. Uh, and I was booked for that first MCW match I had talked about against Haas Haygood. Right. And, uh, Jim had asked me, are you working for MCW? And I tried to keep it from him for as long as I could because I knew how he was, which was if you work for MCW, you got to go. And I said, yeah. And he said, okay. Which was, you know, that I, that was like the lightest reaction I expected to get. And then the cage show where I was supposed to wrestle, no, it was the cage, Evolution, where I was supposed to wrestle Brian, the mm-hmm. double ring show. Yeah. Um, I was under the understanding that I was going to uh possibly win the title that night because we brought a big like angle about like with the me versus him and Mm -hmm. then matt and then all that other stuff and then uh there was somebody who was the new like booker who came to me uh before that and uh, he was an individual who at the time had one of their like money in the bank contract things it was him and tj sure uh and said individual pulled me into the back and he said so i'm gonna tell you what's going down for the night because at the at this point i still didn't care like i knew i was kind of on my way out anyway so i was like i felt like i deserved it i don't know if i had really earned it but like i was like this is a nice little way to cap off my career here yeah and uh i wanted it (laughs) i'm not gonna be ashamed to say it was a bit of a mark for myself at the time um and a little bit of indication. But uh, I ramble. Sorry. I You're ramble. fine. That's <laughs> all right. The tangents is what we do here on the podcast. So uh, said individual pulled me into the back, and he had a notepad, and he said, so what I have right here is what's on tap for tonight. Mm-hmm. So if you agree to it, then I can go tell Jim, and then we're cool. But if you have any issues with it, then we can discuss it. And I said, so what's the plan? And he said, the plan is for you to uh, wrestle Brian, beat Brian, win the title. And then I come out cash in and then beat you and i said no we're not doing that i said uh if that's the plan then you can just have brian beat me and i'll go and that's fine and then you guys can do your little thing but i won't do that and he said okay so he went to go tell jim jim pulled me out then i went to go tell brian and then because i think brian was still like booking or something at the time yeah and then i got pulled outside it felt like elementary school. <laughs> I get pulled outside with this person, Brian, and Jim. And Jim says, I never had any plans on putting the belt on you tonight. Like, I don't know where that's coming from. So I don't know where that, like, part of the discussion came from. And I said, well, in all honesty, I feel like it makes more sense. Well, he's, then he said, I was going to put the belt on you in January. So mm-hmm. this would be three months down the line. Right. Uh, and I was like, well, Jim, no offense. I'm not going to tell you how to run your promotion. But... I have a lot of momentum on me right now after we've done a three or four show angle and you don't run all the time. If you 
aren't going to have a show for three months and then have me win the belt at the cage show, I don't feel like the crowd's going to be with it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just going to, I don't know. At the time, I felt like the story's here and the crowd's with it. Like, why don't we just do it? And he said, and I still would, I always want to know what, uh, what the other, what, how it would have gone if I would have said no. But uh, he said, well, then how about this? Uh, we have you go over tonight and then uh, you drop the belt in the cage show and then you're done. And I was like, okay. And I just remember as soon as I said, okay, I was like, wow. So if I would have done the other thing and like one in the cage, like what would have happened? Like right. would I still have been there? Like what would have happened? So yeah, like yeah, what would have happened in that three yeah. month period? In so even that night was did not go how it was like. I was we went over the finish and what everything was supposed to be. What ended up happening that night after the match was over was not what I had originally agreed to, and I was very unhappy with it. Mm. Um, and that's kind of what started my whole like I can't wait to go. Because I didn't feel like I was respected at that point. And it wasn't anybody there's fault. I don't think they knew. Uh, Like, everybody came out after the match was over. I didn't want that. I didn't want that. Yeah. Uh, I feel like other people might like that kind of thing. Um, My character especially. It didn't make any sense. Right. Like, I'm a loner. At least at the time, before the tag team thing. I didn't feel like it made any sense. Uh, And then them doing their little tease-in, cash-in thing during that match was a distraction. And I didn't appreciate it. Uh, so I remember there was that. So then, leading into that cage show, I remember I got to wrestle TJ, and I was happy I got to wrestle TJ because I wanted to wrestle TJ. And unfortunately, I feel like I sandbagged him that match because I didn't do everything uh, that I feel like I could. I didn't push myself in that match. I kind of went about it just like real basic, and I think I kind of robbed him mm-hmm. of the match he wanted to have. And my excuse was, "Well, I'm going on vacation tomorrow for a week to Disney, and I don't want to get hurt." But like, I was. That was bullshit. I, <laughs> I, I could have done more, so I owe TJ an apology. Um, I hadn't thought about that in a while. No. Uh, but then, yeah, so then the cage show comes, and I have to defend the title, which I'm supposed to lose it in. And Brian was Booker at the time, and I remember a week of, I messaged him, and I said, is there any way I can drop the belt to TJ instead? Like, can we do some kind of thing where, like, he gets a title shot? Like, he didn't cash in his contract against me at the last show. Like, I just gave him a match so, like, mm-hmm. he can kind of, like, cash in, be the third man on a triple threat, and then win. Because uh, I really don't want to drop the belt to this guy. I didn't feel like he deserved it. I didn't feel like he earned it. I feel like he manipulated his way into the spot that he got. I feel like he manipulates a lot of people. I genuinely don't like this person. Uh, there's a reason why I don't take bookings on shows that this person's on, because I just don't flat out want to deal with him. Uh, and at the risk of working with him, because I just genuinely don't like him. I used to, but over the years, he's just kind of proven to me to be a piece of shit. Uh, so it's dirty and it's ugly, folks. Yes. <laughs> so uh, yeah. So then Brian told me, "Well, Jim promised it to him," and I didn't understand that. Uh, so he was like, "So yeah, there's nothing I can do." And I said, "Okay, no problem, fine." We had the match. He you know, he went over and uh, did the handshake thing, and I even said, "I don't want to do the whole like." get on the mic like making it known I'm leaving mm-hmm. thing. I do not want to do that and that's exactly what they started to do and that's why I left that I left the ring yep you sure did I remember the the other guys that were out there that were part of his little clique at the time were like a little like because I was just starting to leave and they were like hey like they were trying to give me handshakes and stuff and I was just like listen let me do this shit real quick and I remember as a rib uh, for you guys because I was very hot at the promotion at the time especially Jim uh, I remember I shook Matt uh <laughs> Uh, That's all right. No, no. I shook his hand, and 
I mean, I guess I could say his name. At this point, I don't really care. But whatever. Right. I'll leave it a little ambiguous. <laughs> if Dirty and Talk to say, if, you, if you're listening to this podcast, you know to indie wrestling, you know who we're talking about. Again, it's not about getting heat on people. It's just about telling stories. That's all we're doing. Yeah. So, I don't, all right. really, I don't really care. Matt Wild. I, I don't like You're him. fine. Uh, so, uh, I shook his hand and did that, like, kind of pull in, like, I guess they call it a dap or whatever. The yeah, little, yeah. Like, I'm not cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I pull, so, pulled him in and I said, don't let him take it from you. Uh, the belt, I meant. So, because uh, <laughs> I knew he was supposed to be a transitional champion. Uh, and I wanted to cause as much problems as I could in such a minimal way. Just kind of drop that little seed in his head. Because I remember hearing about him not wanting to do business. And he didn't do business, from what I understand. But yeah, that was what kind of got me out of EWA. I feel like he was in the ear of certain people. And from what I understand from certain people, that was the case. But you never know who you can rely on in this industry. So I'm only knowing what I was told and mm-hmm. what I feel. So... If he if if word gets back to him and he's like, well, what's the deal? Or he wants to do something, I, I don't care about you, buddy. Like, I don't like you. I'm sure you don't like me. That's all in the past. But like, there's no reason we ever need to cross paths. Like, it's not a problem I ever want to settle. Like, it's there's no there's no way that we come out of this where I'm like, oh, we're cool now. Like, eh. yeah, kind of buried that. And even if you didn't do anything, I'm I, the idea I have about you now. Not my deal. You, mean like, you nice. mean like twenty years from now we're not going to have like a Brett and Sean, <laughs> Brett, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, and then where the Booker tries yeah. to screw somebody over. Yeah. Yeah. See, there's there's no money in that. Uh, yeah, there you go. Right. This is as dirty as it, and as ugly as it gets. So, you know, we went behind the storm with. Yeah, uh, I was just thinking that was behind yeah, the cannon. Yeah, so this is behind the cannon. This is I tell you, fully loaded <laughs> cannon yeah, right here. Let me tell you what. I got nothing. I know, and, and that's what that's what this podcast is for. You know, this is you know, damn kayfable in this month. You know, what I'm saying this is ain't this ain't what this is about. We're here because we love wrestling, and we we got stories, and you got stories, and I'm sure we can do a whole more podcast on a whole other thing, and we will because if you enjoyed yourself here, we'll have you back. Wait till the headbanger stories; those are amazing. I can't <laughs> wait. Um, you know, and, and speaking of, uh, by the way, even though we went through all that. You still ended up doing business the to. right I'm a, I'm way. A, I'm a professional. Yeah. Like, I got licensed in the state. I was getting paid to do the gig. I wanted, you know, if I want to treat this like a job, I'm going to treat it like a job. And like, you were able to come back. The bridge was not burnt. Same yeah, thing that with was MCW. Weird. <laughs> that was really weird. <laughs> After Both all times. that, you were still able to come back and, uh, you know, kind of fight in a, in, a, in a exalted position. I would say you were in the main event, uh, you know, the final boss in the Sweet 16 yeah, tournament. weird. That was weird. It's a, it was a weird, weird story, weird gimmick. But, I mean, you were there. You were in the main. Uh, you fought Brian. Brian won. And good for him. Mm-hmm. You came back this year. You took on Jai Cole, who won the tournament this year. Yeah. And, uh, that was you know, fun. Decent uh, semi-main kind of match. It was, it was fun. Looked like you guys were enjoying yourself. Nobody got hurt. Yeah, it was different. You know? so, it, was, it was working with a guy I never worked with. But yeah. I was like, I worked with everybody on that list, so I feel like kind of obligated. Took a hell of a power bomb from him. Let me tell you what. It was all right. <laughs> They're all the same. They're all the same. That's that first bump, and that's that yeah, thousand right. bump. You know what I'm saying? But anyway, we have talked a while. Do we have time to talk about Extreme Rules for a minute? Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Before we ride off. I'm sorry. Episode. I ramble. I'm You're, sorry. I told you about <laughs> this with Sean Kennedy. Yeah. This is what we we. This is better this. than what's going on at WWE. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> yeah, we don't. We're not. Yeah, we're not watching Raw right now. <laughs> when the background. Because we're right. gonna do this again. I think. Raw was going to be the same show for the third week in a row. Right. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, something probably, like that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, let's take a little bit of break. Let's uh, regroup, get something else to drink. My Pepsi Zero is gone. And uh, we are going to come back and talk about Extreme Rules for a few minutes. And uh, thank you for opening up there, Sean. We yeah. appreciate you. Say nothing to hide. Appreciate you. Big Ugly, why don't you take us in a break? I don't play like this. Wait a minute. I don't oh, play this game. Yeah, I, I don't play this. I don't play this. I do this. That's right. It's a good shirt. 
We're back on the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. Uh, I, I'm staring you. at you, man. I know, I know. Because really you did it quick. I was just changing it up. You changing yeah. it up. Yeah. My name yeah. Dang, damn it. <laughs> My name is Dirty Mike. No, I'm the Big Ugly. Sitting here with... CM Funk. And the punk rock all-star, Sean Cannon. Sean is still here after the stories he has divulged here on the podcast. And if you're still here listening to this, that means uh, I have not been social media bombed yet. Neither has Sean, but he might not answer your Facebook request anyway. So, <laughs> anyway, this is Dirty and Ugly. This is what we talk about. And, you know, we've had this, again, behind the storm, behind the sights, behind everything. So... That's what we do here, so thank you. All right, let's talk a little WWE. You know, mainstream current product. Um, we all, some watch it. We watch half of it. We watch some <laughs> of it, whatever. We're not watching it right now. It's even on. We're not watching it right now. I'm DVRing it, though, because um, USA Network's still going to keep Raw, and Fox Sports is going to get SmackDown yeah. next year. Still two hours. <laughs> you, you know what I miss before I go over to Extreme Rules, because this is what we're going to talk about. When SmackDown Live first started SmackDown Live, they had these funky camera angles, mm-hmm. and they kind of went inside and did the, the trailing. You know what I'm talking about, yeah, Sean. Yeah. So what happened with that? Did they just kind of lose the idea for that? Because I enjoyed that. That separated kind of SmackDown out, and Wait, it gave it a little what, bit of a personality. What did they do? Uh, I don't know. There was like, like a sweeping crane shot that they would have where the camera would almost be over in the ring, almost like at a No Mercy style, like over the top uh, angle. Yeah. On, but it was only on SmackDown. They never did it on Raw. Right. So it's like like the football. Almost. Yeah. Kind of okay. like yeah. and he, uh, McMahon came up with that sweeping thing idea yeah. in the XFL, which would come out in a couple years. But anyway, um, <laughs> what did they do with that? Do we know? Like, no, not being I, part I, of the production. Yeah, I know, but you know, you know everything else. You, I'm, you're the man. I'm pretty sure they added it in because SmackDown Live was new. Yeah, logistically, it probably either took too long to set up when they got to the arenas, or it cost too much money. Yeah, that's probably it. Money. I mean, cut it. that's one of the reasons why they use the un- the universal set now and just change the lighting, change the effects, but everything else is still the same. The camera angles are still the same. Um, the general product and presentation is still the same. Characters are different, um, but well. And we're going to talk about this. What do you guys think about the uh, like the cartoonish thing where they come up with the the, the the bumper of the name and then they do like the sort of the Facebook live interview style instead of you know what do you guys think of that kind of that live stuff? Is that is that Jeremy Borash's influence when he come in, or is that uh, make it a little bit more realistic, or does that make it more cartoonish for the kids? What is this? Anybody? I'm trying to think about. Um, you know, you know, he's talking about Sam Funk. Yeah, yeah. I, it, like the like they'll come off and they'll show like it'll say Braun Strowman on the screen. It'll just say Braun Strowman, and it'll be like a Facebook Live video. Of yeah, himself. Or, or they or they put the the who 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 you know when the uh, oh when yeah. New Day's I remember when the New Day came and out of yeah. WrestleMania, like they the had pancakes. all the pancakes and yeah, that yeah. crap. Okay, that yeah. crap. Okay. I, I, yeah, that's what he said. Yeah, it, to me, that's it's. I mean, it's cartoon. Too hokey. It's, it's, it's too hokey. Yeah, it's too hokey. I mean, it's Definitely. it's obviously geared for a younger audience and everything, but yeah. I can do without it. It's unnecessary. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yay, nay, John? Um, it's just all part of their social media integration. Sure. Like, so, does it need to be on the actual product? Probably not, but I never see that stuff on, like, the Facebook or any of that stuff. Sure. And I, I have them as a like or whatever, so, like, that's the only time I see that style of content, so. Okay. Yeah. Got no problem. It is what it is, eh? All right, so Extreme Rules is coming up uh, about a week after this podcast, about six days, or the lack thereof, I keep calling it, because there's no extreme. Uh, there's one Extreme Rules match, and it's Alexa Bliss defending the Raw Women's Championship against Nia Jax, and there is a Iron Man match, which is Seth Rollins against uh, Dolph Ziggler for the Intercontinental Championship, 30-minute Iron Man match. I'm actually pretty excited about that one. Um, so I'll go through the quick 
preview, and then just guys jump in wherever you want. So we got Finn Balor, the non-demon for a long time. No more Finn Balor, uh, demon against Baron Corman, the constable. The constable. What the hell is this? So w- what is this gimmick? Like, what, corporate <laughs> so, Kane. It's corporate king. Pretty much, okay. yeah. All right, corporate. Okay, Same and he's attire. wrestling in a in 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 a shirt and pants, and it's and like a vest. And he cut his hair off yeah. in his vest. What do you guys think? You like the haircut, or should he kept the hair? I don't know. Hair sells, I, I, and for I, me, uh, you know that, yeah. Sean. <laughs> I think, yeah, I like him with the hair. I don't know. I, I, I'm kind of sold on the Constable Corbin thing. Okay, I, I, to me, to me, his lone wolf character was stale and not going anywhere so that is very it's true he needed kind, to, kind of needed something different and now he's on tv all the time people are talking about him again we're talking so, about him right now exactly i don't think we were talking about him this much when he was uh nope i forgot he was on uh money in the bank winner when when he he was on, so i don't even remember what show he was <laughs> yeah. on so he was on raw he's still on raw well now i mean he might have been on smackdown yeah, he was on smackdown yeah. that's right yeah. Uh, Jeff Hardy defending the uh, United States Championship against Shinsuke Nakamura. This has potential. Jeff's got a new new thing going on. Yeah, he's hurt too. Well, right? that's sort and of uh, regressing back to what he was doing in the TNA days because he was painting his whole face and closing yeah. his eyes and painting his eyes. Oh, that was on. from TNA. Yeah, oh, so okay. that's a little bit of TNA yeah. Jeff Hardy main event well, kind of stuff in there. I heard he was possibly hurt again and Shinsuke's dealing with a dog bite or something. What? Yeah. He got uh, bit by a dog at the airport. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. damn. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, like, right. I don't even know if that match is going to even be on the card or not. You know, for sure. So, it's still on there as of now. You got any opinions on this? What it could be, Sean? What it should be? I mean, I know they just announced it, so I'm pretty sure it should be good. Okay. Um, I mean, the match should be rad. Um, I know there's been like people speculating that Shinsuke is going to leave when his contract expires, but I don't see why. Because yeah, like, well, like well, where would he go and why would he back me right. to, to New Japan? But why a, would he do that? He's a main eventer. Yeah, yeah, yeah to me that doesn't make any sense. But no, I feel like the match will be right. But I just don't know because Jeff Hardy is a weird dude. Like as far as <laughs> in ring style, like he's not the cleanest like person executing certain things sure. or like bumps, especially like with the amount of injuries and the way he's had to work over the past couple of years. Yeah. The way that just his body's arranged. Uh, compared to Shinsuke, who's very fluid. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not saying they can't put a good match because they're two great workers, but I think it's just visually it's probably not going to be what people expect it to be in the first third, but the mid to closing moments of that match will probably be what everybody expects. Okay. Who goes over? <laughs> Jeff. Okay, yeah. keeps the title. Yeah, How about you, keep Jeff? The title, yeah. I'll go with Nakamura just because I feel like he has to win something at some point <laughs> on the main roster. But, um, you know, I, that's, a, that's the only reason I even am barely going with him on that. He so. beat Dolph that one time. That yeah, one time? <laughs> when Dolph was around. Well, I mean, and the heel turns kind of worked for him. I wasn't sure about it at first when it happened at WrestleMania of all places, but uh, it's, it's kind of worked for him. It was weird timing. It was. Because everybody was expecting that. That, that just classic match and the match was not bad I just it wasn't they, they kept building up and building up and building up with AJ and Nakamura and the matches got better as they went along but the, the timing was the heel turn was really weird the excessive low blow stuff just bummed me out so it's like this Too great, much? It was it, this great feud you expect right. and it just fizzles out that way he even low blows the uh, the title card for the new game <laughs> yeah. I mean what, yeah. what's that about I was wondering what that was about yeah. Yeah. it is a low blow from yeah. him so it's disappointing uh, Roman Reigns your favorite Big ugly. Bobby Lashley, um, who was a fantastic heel in TNA. Uh, when he came to WWE, nothing happened. Still nothing happening. That Are thing you with, sure he was fantastic heel? He TNA. was, well, uh, maybe uh, he was one of the best things that they had. Maybe I'm not saying TNA was in great shape at that time. <laughs> but, I mean, he was doing better in TNA than he is over here in WWE right now. 
So uh, you're shaking your head there, Sean. I mean, I can't speak to his TNA stuff, but I do not like Bobby Lashley. Yeah, me neither, man. I don't I'm like Lashley. Saying. I don't like Roman. Yeah, I don't boring. like the headband. They're boring. boring. Bobby is boring. completely boring. Who Roman's improved some. You know, yeah, Roman's but, all right. I don't mind. Yeah. Roman. Depending on who Roman works with, that's the thing. But this can't go well. Lashley's literally just a walking, talking, like basic, generic for like the default creator wrestler. Because <laughs> his gear is just simple, his look is real simple. He's that generic like stock size, and he does generic moves. His finishes with the stalling suplex, right, or yeah. whatever. Yeah, like he's got the base set of moves. He's default. He's generic Johnny Jones. There's nothing special about him. <laughs> that. Is so true. I don't like Bobby Lashley. I, I love like that outlook. Yeah, I, I did. I enjoyed Lashley beforehand. And I just say I was excited. I popped for him when he came out on Raw like after WrestleMania. Like, even but at ECW, like the 2006 Bobby Lashley. Like, I didn't like that Bobby Lashley. At least he was more exciting then because yeah. he didn't talk. Right. He doesn't. He just he threw himself talk. into cages and like picked heavy people up. These days, it's like, <laughs> I'm just going to suplex Sami Zayn over and over. And then the obstacle course thing. Like, that was oh. terrible. Anytime that I have on Raw, it's just on in the background. And it seems like anytime I look over, there's Bobby... I was gonna say Shields, but Bobby Lashley. <laughs> and it's just PC. Come on, PCW. It's just bad. He's I, a bad man. I, I think that he would benefit if they kind of brought more of his MMA background into it and made. It I, but how many MMA fight. people are you gonna have on WWE TV? At I mean, point? I guess like, that's true. Because it reminds me of like again in the '90s, you have Dan Severn, Ken Shamrock, and Steve Blackman. Shamrock, the only legit. I mean, Severn, Severn too. Blackman was probably the only person not really well known. And granted, now it's way different because you'll have Lesnar, Rousey, mm-hmm. and then you have Lashley. But I don't know. I feel like the business is already kind of transitioning into like that. Style of sport, you know what I mean? Like they're they're including more holds and they're kind of treating it more like a shoot fight. Sure. Uh, and they're adding more of that MMA element to it, like with the arm bars and like there's been way more like submission, like like limb work yeah. in the last like couple of years than there has been in a long time. Right. Especially Undertaker. Like Undertaker's whole style changed. Like yeah. he's he was he went from being the best pure striker, mm-hmm. which I never understood how he got that title. <laughs> um, that Throwing those soup bones. Yeah, the booger red thing always confused me too. I don't understand what that. I means. never understood that either, yeah. and I think somebody asked about that on a podcast, and Jim Ross still couldn't explain it. Yeah. <laughs> He's the one that said. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I think it was just what they called that thing on the back of it, like that red demon logo. I think that's what they called it because you couldn't make it out on TV unless you got real right up on. You're the Undertaker, Mark CM Funk. Do you know? No, not a clue. <laughs> okay, so maybe we'll just go with that. Look, look. If, if Jr. doesn't know and he's the one who said it, I. Have, that's the I best explanation right. I just heard of what that is. Whatever. So yeah. I mean. Um, I could bring in Bobby's MMA thing, but I don't know if that's going to make him any more exciting. Look, Turn him heel, give him a mouthpiece, anything. Well, look, look, I, uh, I, we, we really can't spend this much time on Bobby. Like, <laughs> the match isn't going to last this right. long. Come but, on. But I got, I have just two things that I want to just throw out there. So first off, just turn Roman Reigns heel already. Just okay. <laughs> it and second, does this go on as the main event so everybody can go home early? <laughs> Because it'll be past it's 11 o'clock right. at this right. point. Right. Just, That's just, what I'll turn Just wondering. Off. There you go. Yeah. And Roman is usually in the main event no matter what. So, right. Well, you look at the rest of the card, I mean, too, like... What else would be the main event? Actually, that's going to be match two. That's going to be the come down to whatever the opener is. <laughs> so that's exactly what it should be. Anybody have any opinion of who or who cares anybody who goes over in this match? CM Funk. Not. Nope. Nope. What's If they turn Roman Reigns heel, what does that accomplish? It's keeping the same him argument with Cena. I'm always confused. Uh, Reigns, I feel like, is a more natural heel. Cena, Cena should always be a face. So like, if they turn him heel, what would you, like? What would your reaction be? 
Oh, it'd be the same as it is now. <laughs> so, then, so there you go. <laughs> but it, it's but it wouldn't be just getting him rammed down your throat mm-hmm. every week, trying to force him as the top face in the company and all. Which yeah, you know that worked with Kurt Angle though. Yeah. Like they they shoved him down your throat as the American hero and it made you hate him. Now, granted, right. this is having the reverse reaction of what they want. Right. Yeah. That's why I felt like when what was it when he speared like Triple H when he first won the belt like that Monday night like when yeah. it's chaos. Yeah. Just juggernaut, no talking Roman Reigns <laughs> is way entertaining. Just let him wreck shit. When he was doing that stuff with Jinder Mahal, I thought that they were on the right track, but he just kept opening his mouth. <laughs> just, <laughs> shut him up. I guess you agree with that, big ugly. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the thing, but the thing with Kurt Angle was was that they did ram him. They tried to ram him down throat, but it's like once they realized that the people were turning on him, they made the switch. Mm. They're not doing that with Reigns. Yeah, you know, it's like it. yeah, it's I mean, been it's, years. It's and been three, four years of the same thing. It's gotten right. worse. Yeah, it's gotten yeah. way worse. So. And I feel like as a viewer, it takes you out of it when you know they're shoving a guy down your throat that you're supposed to like, and everybody's yeah. just booing him. You know, it's like. At least if he's a heel and everybody's booing him, it's like, yeah, it's a, I hate that guy right. too. I mean, okay, you're, 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 the, the top face in the right. company, right. people don't leave during his matches. <laughs> yeah, the event, you know, so people didn't do that with Cena. No, so, yeah, no. As much as people point. hate Cena, and uh, one of those people, <laughs> you are, you know, like I'll stay and watch a John Cena match all the way sure. to the finish. Right. I, I have no problem with that. Yeah. So you'll watch that thirty-minute segment in the two-minute match at WrestleMania. <sighs> yes, I will. Yes, I will. Over and over again. Elias had more time in that segment than anybody. Well, actually, Undertaker had a lot of time with the entrance <laughs> and, the, and the exit, but the match was only two minutes long. Such a weird. Which moment. just goes to show that I think that it's, it's <laughs> a mindset of like. It, it's become fun to hate John Cena, but we still want to see John Cena. Right. But with Reigns, it's like, no, I just hate Reigns. You know, it's right. like, and that's it. Like, I'm gonna just, just, tar- just yeah. tired of seeing it. You know, right. like, move on from it at this you point. You can't see it. You got, right, well. Ah, <laughs> uh, sorry. Um, hey, you know, I, and I will throw this out about Cena, too. He's not on the card of Extreme Rules. But, Is he? Uh, oh, he's not? No. Shoot. But uh, this whole deal with him and Nikki and the total Bellas, the breakup, the marriage, this is... It's getting old quick, and they're all they're doing is, as far as I'm concerned, that whatever's public knowledge and whatever they're putting on the website is just an extension of whatever's trying to happen on Total Divas because that was taped months ago. So I'm I don't know I'm getting a little tired of that. What I want to see, I want to see a wedding at WrestleMania 30. What are we at four now? Sure, I don't care. WrestleMania in New York, New Jersey. By the way, we should all go. Because <laughs> um, it's close to home, but I want to see a wedding that gets broken up by Jake the Snake Roberts and his damn snake. I, this is how I want to <laughs> suspend disbelief. Yeah. I know, but he hasn't done this since what 1991 with Elizabeth and Randy Savage, and they're both dead. So we, and, uh, so I'm sorry about that, but we need something like this—a wedding from hell. Like Vince said, this would—I mean, this is totally wrong. This is totally suspending disbelief. But that would make me a fan of John Cena and Nikki Bella again, and Nikki Bella turn heel at the same. Same damn time. <laughs> Come on. I'm booking this shit. Come on. Do you, would you guys, I mean, if you watch this and any little bit of this happened, Mikey D says so. Uh, uh, Mike, Dirty Mike said so. Mike, you and I have talked off off, uh, off the podcast yes. office before, and I'm a complete mark for that myself. So, uh, <laughs> you know. Uh-uh. We talk about the business. You want to talk about haha? Uh, that's it right there. Um, come on. Come on. I'm sorry. Anyway. Moving on to something more <laughs> more consequence. See how dirty and ugly this gets, Sean? Again, if you have an opinion, just throw it out there. Dolph Ziggler, we're defending the Intercontinental Championship against Seth Rollins in a 30-minute Ironman match. We mentioned this a bit, a bit ago. I think this is going to be the match of the night, honestly. Um, do we see who goes over, and does it matter? This, the quality of this match should be very, very good. Sean, let's start with you. Dolph has to retain. 
I okay. Mean, like Dolph has had a very terrible track record the past couple of years. That whole thing with him doing the whole "I'm gonna put my career on the line" thing. Yeah, yeah. For him to win just to get fizzled out anyway, like what was the point? Right. And then mm-hmm. when him when he quit, and then came back at the Rumble. Right. I was as like, number thirty. He's gonna win. Mm-hmm. This is so obvious. Like this is it. And then he just gets eliminated and nothing happens. Right. What was the point behind right. any of it? And dropping the title. Yeah. And then. It's Nothing. just all stupid. One yeah. money in the more no, he had the money in the bank, cashed it in the night after WrestleMania. Even back then, several years ago, nothing happened with that. He was it the it. Intercontinental title he dropped, or was it the U.S. title? It was the U.S. title. Okay, I was about to say if he just won it back, then yeah, because he went through a, a that, that, and the matches to get to that were great, and then he just quit on TV and dropped the belt in the ring and left. Well, like the thing with him and Drew is great because like people that don't know Drew McIntyre like. Like he's been through that, like, and just the fact right. that they they're taking that idea of NXT is not complacent, so we're not going to be complacent. Like we're gonna, and then it's almost like Drew has breathed new life into Dolph. Yeah, so yeah Dolph has to retain because if Rollins just beats him at this point, it's like again, like what same are you wasting shit. your time. I, I like Dolph as much as the next guy, but like after a while, you lose faith in a guy when they can't get the job. It's been ten, and, and I think eleven that's years. What's happened with the crowd? Yeah, and the fans. Yeah. I, I kind of liked the gimmick where he was coming out and uh, using all the other entrances and, you know, trying to do the, that that kind of thing. You know, uh, Ultimate Warrior or whatever. Yeah, I, was, I, was I got it, but it, the presentation seemed so forced. It was forced. I don't know. It entertained me. That should have been backstage vignettes. I don't think. Yeah. Like the entrance thing, I get the entrance thing and yeah. like why, but the way he went about it was just so TV. You know what I mean? Like, sure. It didn't seem like it was him. It seemed like this is the scripted segment we have for this part. Mm-hmm. Like, it would have been way different if he just, I don't know. Like the dude's real big on social media, he uses his Instagram and his Twitter constantly. Like, <laughs> do stuff that way. Like yeah. fans are already gonna follow you and, and look into every aspect of your personal life anyway. Like work the angle that way. Like you can still work it on TV, but like find a different creative avenue of doing it. I don't know. It just it just seemed like boring. I think he's a damn good worker though. No, he's he fantastic in matches and the so. business. That's fantastic. Like what do you think, Rollins or uh, Rollins? I, or I, I, I agree with Sean. Ziggler. I think Ziggler's got to retain at this point, and him and him and Drew are like they're getting ready to push Drew McIntyre. It looks like to to that next level, and so Dolph being the the belt holder and kind of that piece to help motivate that and all that's it's got he's got to keep it. Big ugly. Yeah, definitely. I think Ziggler's going to retain. I told you before. This is kind of the Shawn Michaels Diesel thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 we got the insurance policy out there. Dolph retains. And yeah. then that's what uh, CM Funk said. Uh, dude, McIntyre will have the avenue to go out on his own, and he'll have the backing to do it. So, good stuff. Uh, we mentioned earlier the Bludgeon Brothers, Harper and Rowan, uh, defending the SmackDown Live Tag Team Championships against Team Hell No. Daniel Bryan and the returning Kane. Uh, again, I don't see this going very far. I don't see Kane sticking around very long. Um, I, I would like, love to see the team win. I mean, I would, I'd, I'd sort of pop for that, but I'd, I just don't know. The Bludgeon Brothers are getting so much push right now, and they're unstoppable. If they get stopped by, you know, Daniel Bryan and or Kane or both, does that completely kill them? Maybe, maybe not. Um, hmm. Let's go around the table this way, Big Ugly. Um, yeah, I think the Bludgeon Brothers are going to retain. Okay. I don't think that team, hell no, is going to last. You know, we kind of touched on it briefly that I don't think Kane's going to be around that long. I don't even understand... Team Hell No coming back together at this point. It seems... It's almost nostalgic at this point. It wasn't too long ago that they came together and had this whole therapy session between the two of them, and for some reason, this little gimmick works. Yeah, maybe I'm not sold on because I was never really a huge Team Hell No fan. Okay. You know, yeah. Because when the show comes together, I'm, I'm super hyped. But <laughs> Team Hell No? Uh, we'll see when that happens yeah. again. Yeah. Sean? Uh, I mean, 
if they if the Bludgeon Brothers lose, it's not going to hurt them. They're okay. losing to two former world champions and two multi-time champions at that point. This is true. So, so if they lose their first set of tag titles to that team, it's not going to be the end of the world. That's the team that also beat the Shield for the first time. That's right. So they've got a track record of doing the impossible. I could totally see them winning the titles on uh, the pay-per-view and then drop. When's the first Fox SmackDown? October? Uh, October. Is it 2019 or is it this year? I think it's next year, right? Or is it this year? I don't know. I thought it was. I thought it was. It's either eighteen or nineteen. If it was this year, I could totally see them dropping it on that premiere episode. To be but a if big it's next yeah. year, yeah. Then it, they, I could see them winning them on Sunday and then dropping them on Tuesday. Okay. Just because, like you know, like you said, Kane probably won't be around, but mm-hmm. at least it could shake things up. If anything, they might just be transitional champions. Because right now, Brian doesn't have a program because they got rid of Cass, right? That's right. So he wasn't really working with anybody, and they're not putting anything with this Miz stuff yet because that's going to be for WrestleMania. Okay. So I would assume like that's where your money. That's would a be. big build, yeah. So two thousand nine. So, okay, yeah. so they won't so hold them that long. That. So <laughs> I could see Kane and Brian defending the titles against the Bludgeon Brothers on SmackDown and Miz costing them that match. Mm. And then they could do an angle to where Miz somehow injures Kane out because he's not the monster he used to be. No. They could even just have it to where he runs him over the limo or some <laughs> awesome. bullshit thing. Uh, and then build the feud that way. But yeah, I wouldn't say it would hurt them, no. But okay. uh, I, could, I could see them going over if they're just going to drop them on Tuesday. I, th- I think um, I think the whole Daniel Bryan thing with Team Hell No, I think there's a little bit of a nostalgic thing going because yeah. while Daniel Bryan uh, didn't have a contract like through the end of the year, like it was only through like September or something, so I think they're trying to maybe push all of the Daniel Bryan stuff in mm-hmm. a compressed time while frame, you know, while they can get it. And um, to your point about Miz and Bryan, you know, maybe at WrestleMania, like. I was reading somewhere where they were talking about doing it SummerSlam, but oh, again, okay. that was contract, you know, based, you know, depending on where Dan O'Brien is. So. I think it still worked that in really close because it's like yeah. right on top of it. Yeah, point. exactly. So, um, but I think, I think, uh, I think for Sunday, to me, it's a coin flip as to who wins it. I don't know. You know, I, I agree. Bludgeon Brothers aren't going to lose anything by losing, and Team Hell No doesn't lose anything by losing either, you know, so. Yeah, I, and there's some emphasis, too much emphasis put on wins and losses at some point in time, I think. Yeah. I mean, if your characters are over and you're doing good work in the ring, you could lose, but, you know, like the Bludgeon Brothers have been so hyped and so over, if they lose one match, like you said, Sean, it's not going to kill them. No. They'll come back and they'll destroy somebody else on as Tuesday. As long as it's to them. Another right. team, like if they lose to the Usos in that kind of fashion, maybe. But Team Hell, no, no, they won't be hurt by that. I mean, yeah, you got two do two big main event stars, like you said, multi-time world champions. I mean, that's 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 a pretty formidable team right there. Before you move on, what do you guys think of Sanity? I liked it in NXT. I haven't seen it on SmackDown. Um, it's been new on SmackDown, but they haven't done much yet. Yeah, like I like the concept of it. I don't know if the uh, the weird laughing entrance, at least the way they did it in NXT, is going to work for too long. Uh, I feel like Eric Young's really talented. Damn right. I don't know if they're going to push him the way that they probably should. They're probably going to let that group kind of fizzle, just like the Wyatt family. Because yeah. I had heard rumors originally that Bray was going to betray Matt and then he was going to run Sanity, which I don't think makes a whole lot of sense because why keep giving the guy other people if they're just going to split them apart anyway? Right. right. <laughs> like you did with the Wyatt family a million times, <laughs> uh, despite how over it was. But yeah, yeah. Sanity is cool, but I definitely see them uh, having. Damo or what's what's his name? Killian, Killian Dane. Dane. Yeah, Killian Dane, Dane yeah. will probably split off first. They'll get rid of that wolf guy, um, the tall guy. Yeah, I, I think his name's Eric, like something wolf. 
Uh, and there's one other guy in the group, right? There's just uh, those three. Yeah, there's three, and there was the there chick, was chick yeah, right? Yeah. Nikki Cross, is that yeah, what it is? Yeah, Nikki she's battling She's done that one on his own. Yeah. Yeah. I could totally see them getting rid of that Alexander Wolf dude, though. Like, I don't I don't hate him, but every time I watch him in the ring, it just he seems like, wow, this guy, like he's like the, the Bariquas from the 90s. Mm. It's just like, he's on the roster. <laughs> <laughs> Why, I'm not sure, but okay. Fair enough. Uh, so, Sanity, what do you think of him? I've I've been reserving judgment just to see what they do a little further down the line, um, but I, I don't think they're going to really go. I, that far. I, I think it's uh, sorry. I'll make a cut. No, no, go ahead. I was just say I I think it's similar to the whole Drew McIntyre, Dolph Ziggler thing. They they've got the established star in Eric Young, or at least the established name in Eric Young. He's not a star in WWE, but he is a star in the wrestling world. Yeah. And he can be the guy to help push Killian Dane, and then Dane, you know, is obviously the monster that they want, kind of like a Braun Strowman mm-hmm. or whatever. So, I feel like that's what the whole platform is for for Sanity at this point, or in the main roster anyway. Very good. I, I would have thought it would have been cool if they actually kept the girl in the group and had her yeah. be a part of the stable on the main by roster. That split, I didn't understand it. Yeah, they, do, they do that with all the uh, the Carmella. And you know, you see what happens where Carmella is, and we're going to talk about her in just a second. Right, so and, Nick, and we Nick, see where Cass is, and we also see where Andrew So is. Nikki Cross will be the only one left uh, from Sanity come yeah. this time <laughs> right. year. So. And she'll be the women's champion on Raw or SmackDown, right. probably. Yeah. Um, Carmella defending the SmackDown Women's Championship against Asuka. So Carmella's brag, and of course we've got uh, Mr. James Ellsworth, uh, who is backing Carmella now, uh, again. So do we have any opinions on this? Let's go around this way. CM Funk. Uh, I think Carmella retains in some dastardly heel fashion, you know, with the help of James Ellsworth, um, just to prolong it until they get Charlotte and Becky Lynch and all them kind of straightened out as to, you know, being the next challenger, I guess, you know, or at least to challenge Asuka down the road. Cause, okay. But, yeah. Who's ready for Asuka? That's what they say. Uh, no, apparently, no James Ellsworth no. and Carmella. Huh? Apparently, I'm gonna see that on SmackDown tomorrow night. You should record that on your DVR. I'll, 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 it's on Fox, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> I got it. Not yet. Sean, uh, I could see Oscar winning it because um, I don't know how much gas the Carmella Ellsworth as champion machine has at this point with Oscar's lead challenger. Because mm-hmm. at, at a certain point, if she's as good as she is, and, like, you know, the undefeated streak was ended by Charlotte. Right. And then the Oscar thing with uh, Carmella and her winning the Money in the Bank and all that stuff that's transpired. But with them at the top, I can't really see how much longer they can run it with Asuka at the front runner. Because then when Asuka loses, where does she go? What does she do? Sure. Right? Like, that's the thing I can't... Cause, like, if she keeps getting screwed out of her opportunities, then theoretically Paige is just going to keep giving her those opportunities. Mm-hmm. So the only thing I can think of is that Asuka wins the championship from Carmella at this show. And then drops it to James Ellsworth in a singles match or somehow a triple threat match happens if not at the pay-per-view soon with the three of them involved and Ellsworth wins the women's championship. Do you see that actually? Yeah, I mean, I know totally. he's doing that on I the totally indies do. and every you see that happening. Yeah, I totally see him winning the women's. How title. does I mean, he stole the first money in the him. bank. People Lots of things. Hate they hated it when he grabbed the briefcase and he was actually the first holder of the money in the bank women's briefcase. People will hate it. Uh, I'm sure they'll get some backlash for the whole women's movement thing, but Again, like you have two titles, three technically with NXT, right? So a guy winning it, it yeah, it does desecrate it and it does make it look bad. But that's the point. Like mm-hmm. you want to be hot at it because you're like, 
all this work for this we're doing this again yeah and it might send the wrong message to certain people but in my opinion like you have to do stuff like that in the business now you, you gotta shock to, people yeah because yeah. you can't yeah. just do the normal bad guy does dastardly thing because it's like oh it's, it's part of the show mm-hmm. but you do something like that where it's kind of like oh how could they dare do this to tradition it's like there you go no, I got you, you. how much social media is that gonna get how much heat is oh, that gonna yeah, draw be and but everybody's gonna want to watch it right but do you see WWE actually pulling the trigger on something that's, like that that's yeah, that's what I was oh yeah this is, the company, this, point. this is a company that wanted to have Shane and Stephanie be uh, was incest like like together this is a company that had Mae Young give birth to a hand damn right, right. yes but but we're not talking today the, we're not talking yeah today WWE takes very little chances I mean and bad press exactly I mean Raw Raw the last two weeks has been the same exact show <laughs> like I mean <laughs> you mentioned that yeah, down to the <laughs> matches and who wins and how they finish so I mean they, they're not taking the chances they used to I'd love if they did I mean right. considering they put Jinder Mahal over for the WWE title for a better part of a year especially over Randy Orton I mean that was big chance because the guy was a jobber right up until that point. Yeah. Uh, their influx of NXT talent, uh, then they're trying to reboot 205 Live, like mm-hmm. putting the newer guys like Buddy Murphy and then Leo and then trying to jumpstart it. Like, they're taking chances. That's just a really crazy chance. Like, James Ellsworth going over for the Women's Championship, for what I understand was one of Vince's ideas originally anyway. It was the whole, like, sex change idea and then him going over for the title. Ah, damn. Um... <laughs> Like I, I totally could, I totally could see them these days doing something like that. Because again, they're going to be like, well, we still have a Raw Women's Champion, and we still have an NXT Women's Champion, and yes, it's a bad thing that this, somehow this dude won it. I don't know if that'll ever happen. I don't know if the triple threat thing could ever work out in whatever way, but I'm just thinking, how do you involve this dude in this angle, and what's the payoff? Like, the payoff, obviously, is Asuka beating the crap out of him. So unless yeah. she trashes him on SmackDown, and then right. he's not there at the pay-per-view, which gives Asuka a reason to win, mm-hmm. because there's no outside interference, unless Ellsworth like, shows up miraculously at the end. Uh, yeah, I kind of see that storyline ending there. But I also don't watch it weekly, so I don't really know the effect that it's got. So for all I know, this angle is really over, and it's got legs. But yeah, I totally can see them doing that. Like, like, I'm sure it'd be a horrible PR move, but again, <laughs> like, I think that would be the whole thing of like, no, like, because you know how they have their corporate website. Sometimes they, like, when they had Eugene, they had to kind of explain it on there, like, we have a special needs character and it's going to inspire people. So I think the whole idea would be it's a man coming in to ruin your guy's stuff. And they haven't had that at this point. Like, with the whole women's revolution, it's been, we'll let them have main events. Well, not let them, but like, they get main events. Sure. They get all the, the matches that the guys do. You mm-hmm. want TLC? Bang, you got one. You want a tables match? Bang, you got one. You want a Hell in a Cell? Bang, right. you got one. You want a Royal Rumble? Well, you got yeah, one. you got all that stuff, and it's finally a man coming in, and the weakest, most exactly the man going. I'm putting my foot down. I think they could totally get away with that. I would like to see it. I, I, I'm I, I just thinking the same thing. Do I would like to see it. Yeah, I would. I would be glued to that, and yeah. I would want to see what would happen next. Honestly, because um, that's that's interesting stuff. Like you said, the same cookie cutter, good guy, bad guy, good girl, bad girl doesn't work anymore just doesn't work so that's a way to get heat that's what I'm saying and if I go back to that money in the bank where he grabbed that briefcase and it, it wasn't anything about Carmella winning they actually had to have a second money in the bank ladder match two days later to appease those naysayers yeah. but what does change nothing the history still stays the same he grabbed that briefcase first so what's what's stopping them from doing this and again if they do it bad PR is still PR yeah. you still you know get I, I, yeah, it's and like you say, you still got a Raw Women's Champion. That was the first Women's Championship. That was the Divas title turned into the Raw Women's Championship, and that's why that's still there. Then that's still legit. So, and we're gonna talk about that in a minute. But that's it's interesting. 
And I keep forgetting we got co-branded pay-per-views now, so I'm going back and forth with Raw and SmackDown, but I'm going to have a five-hour pay-per-view coming up, Extreme <laughs> Rules. And we haven't talked about anything Extreme yet, except the um, um, Iron Man match, which is not really Extreme. Um, Matt Hardy, Team Extreme, huh? And Bray Wyatt, who was working live events and house shows. I know he's been a little injured, but he's still working. Against the B-Team, Bo Dallas and Curtis Axel for the Tag Team Championship. <laughs> I like these guys. Yeah, go ahead, Big Ugly. Talk about it. No, no, I, I, I like it. I actually like... This B team more than I like Bray and Matt. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, so that's how you, I mean, it's, you get over by like taking a sharpie and putting a B on a shirt and going out there it's and you're easy. cutting off the same promos <laughs> right. that the other guys are doing and just making fun of it. It is that easy. I, I like it. I don't know if they'll win, but I just like the concept of it. It's literally a B team. Like it's two guys that nobody thought would get anywhere, and they've stumbled their way. And their segments look entertaining with yeah. the, where they dressed up as them and stuff. And just the fact that it's like the two second generation guys. Right. right. That's the thing I like about it the most is that it's two second generation guys that they're not really putting over that that's what got them here. Mm-hmm. Like I can see the B team going over and then eventually like they kinda come into their own, but then that's when the magic's gonna be lost. I, I just love Bo Dallas portraying his real life brother. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, to me, that, that's, <laughs> it sounds like him. Yeah. He does. He's yeah. got it down pat. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I've been sold on uh, Axel and uh, Dallas. I mean, even before they were the Miz Raj, like I like oh, them yeah. as, as singles wrestlers. Oh, when he was Intercontinental uh, Champion. Uh, yeah. Axel was the best. Yeah, I, I just wish they got that pu- push. That, Come on, right? That real push that they needed, and all. I mean, uh, did Curtis Axel ever get eliminated from the Royal Rumble no. a few years ago? Right. So he, he's still, in, I think, <laughs> they participating. Did do something. Oh yeah. Right. I, I know <laughs> they they tried to explain it, but I mean, he carried that shit for a year. Right. And that's <laughs> one segment on Raw that I was always looking forward to watching, and that was beautiful. Right. So Come I, on. Yeah, I, I, I'm sold on the B team. I think an partner together is it's been it's been fun to watch. I I like both of those guys. I really do. And I'd love to see them win. Um, Matt and Bray can be good on their own doing different things, and they can have stories without having titles. So I'm I'm okay with the with the B team winning. Yeah, yeah I don't see. feel like I don't feel like the deleters of world is worlds are really over with anybody either. I don't think the so. feud with those two against each other was over, so they paired them together. Yeah, and now it's just what it doing is. Yeah, what I don't it is. feel like we got enough of an explanation after. Like he went into the water of yeah, it whatever. was just oh he's a good guy now. Yeah, well, they yeah, said like the and... was it the sister Abigail thing was purified, but they put it over in commentary right, on their right. way to a match. I'm just right, saying, yeah, Corey, yeah. Corey Graves explained it to Michael Cole on Raw for like <laughs> six weeks. How do you not know what happened? <laughs> right. And he was talking about it on non segments when that was not how we doing. He was going back and talking about that shit. Here's the web of everything. <laughs> Corey Graves, by the way. Fantastic announcer. Love it. And I think they finally established him that he's more of a heel than a face now. I know he was kind of jumping back and forth, but now he's taking that heel role, uh, and he's kind of justifying the things. Oh, he's just playing, whatever. It's fantastic. Thank you. And I took a while. I like him and Coachman both being heels at the same time in matches. Coach is so bad. Coach is trying. Yeah, I agree with you. I'm sorry. Coach is terrible, but that's what I think makes him so great. Like, he's just ripping into him. It's awesome. And as he should be, because Coach is terrible. Awesome. He's an ESPN personality that has the hookup, and that's why he's there, and that's great. But that's dang, my favorite thing about Mania is just when they show those commentary bits because you just hear him and Cole just be like, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> like that was the Rousey Nia Jax thing. I think was one where it's like, "Oh, she's taking a rest." Like, what do you mean she's taking a rest? But he was right. He was right. <laughs> Legit, he was right. But I mean, yeah. come on now, Coach. Uh, <laughs> damn, it. damn it, Coach. 
He should have um, never left. <laughs> no, but he still got the hook up for ESPN, so that's what he does. AJ Styles defending the WWE Championship or the SmackDown Championship against Rusev. Uh, I've always been a fan of Rusev. I like what he does. Um, he's a good worker. If you give him something good to run with, then that's good. I think this, this could be a really good match. I don't know how good or bad it's going to be. I don't see Rusev actually going over for the title right now, but uh, I think it could be a good match. Let's go this way. Big Ugly? Yeah, I think it could be a good match. Uh, AJ's going to AJ's going to retain. Yeah, Sean? I want Rusev to win. I would love it, it's, but I don't I, think it's going to happen. With all this Rusev Day stuff and all that, like, it, it, I want there to be like a Jinder Mahal moment like that, where it's just like, oh, he, he won. But, but would, uh, right, it, really would it be as Rusev shocking as that at this point in time? Because Rusev is so over. I think Rusev gets close to beating Styles, and then Styles pulls it out, and then they have a rematch at SummerSlam, and that's when he beats him. Is this a face-versus-face thing almost? Because they're still trying to play Rusev as, as a heel, attacking after the match. Uh, the crowd's like going to react to him as the face. Damn right. But they'll push him as a heel. I think that this is the time for him to win. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, to be They missed their opportunity. Really did. Thank you. Exactly. They killed it. He was undefeated and then he lost to John Cena at WrestleMania and that that was it. They killed him. Um, But it hasn't picked up any steam. But this is picking up steam and this is a damn accident. This is picking up steam. Like you just said with standing on the ring apron just looking at two people with beards. This is the same damn thing. One thing was said in a promo or something in the middle of the ring and look how much it's taken off. There's t-shirts. There's merch. There's... Uh, it's on There's the calendars. There's ca- well, really, <laughs> yeah. and every day is Rusev day. It's amazing. You know, doesn't matter what day it is. So, what do you think, Rusev? CM Funk? Um, I'm you probably, see I'm probably with with everybody else at the table. I want to see Rusev <laughs> win. I just don't know how they have him win at this point, other than that he is over with the crowd. But um, I think for SummerSlam, they want something more high profile and. Keeping the belt on AJ makes more sense for something like that. I don't know who the opponent would be, but so uh, yeah. One more, the only Extreme Rules match at the Extreme Rules pay per view right now: Alexa Bliss defending the Raw Women's Championship against Nia Jax. Um, let's go this way, CM Funk. Um, yeah. How extreme uh, I, will this I, get? You know, I, I I don't even know how extreme this can get. Like. I mean, it's not in Maryland, so I don't think right. they have a um, wherever they go into. Where is this going to be at? I don't know. I, I, Where's the commission? I, I feel. I feel like. I feel like Pittsburgh, Alexa, Pennsylvania. I feel like Alexa re- retains, but um, I mean, Rousey's supposed to be at ringside. She said she's going to buy a ticket because she's only um, suspended from Raw. She's not suspended from Extreme Rules, so she's obviously going to get. Uh, <laughs> it's the same reaction I had. She's the she's obviously she's obviously going to get involved somehow, and I mean I think Alexa walks out still the champ, you know, cost Nia, and they can build Rousey and Nia to have a series of matches until Rousey's completely ready to to hold a match against Alexa. John, um, I kind of want to see Rousey get involved, causing Alexa to lose the title so that she could feud with Alexa because I don't want Alexa to be champion when that happens because then that means Ronda becomes champion already. Right. And that defeats the purpose of her whole introductory thing of I'm not here to get title shots over everybody and I'm not here to be pushed right to the top even though you kind of were. Whether it was because someone challenged you or not, uh, their logic behind that still amazes me. But yeah, I I, kind of feel like Jax might have it just with Ronda getting involved. But... I don't know. Bliss is kind of money as a champion, although I know people kind of don't like her as the champion. 
But I enjoyed Blue. Nia didn't. Oh, yeah, I enjoyed it. Nia's champion was like weird because like she won it, which was a great moment, and then they did this weird flip flopping thing with her, where it's like she's good, she's bad. Right. Yeah. There was no yeah, like because when she challenged Ronda, all of a sudden she had to be bad again. Right? Well, that was the she thing. Was she bullied at first. She challenged a face. Yeah, she right. was like, I you know I can challenge anyone, and I challenge you. And then the, literally that Monday when they're going over it, she's like, Look how shitty this armbar is. I can beat this no problem. Like what happened? Right. right. Yeah. And like, for somebody right. who was bullied for yeah. so long, is now turned. <laughs> into the bully so, one yeah, month later. She was crying a couple seconds like, ago. what the hell? Yeah. Uh, and this is actually listed and on not a, a lot of different outlets as this is the main event uh, right now. This is the number one match. It's over everything else. So I don't know if it will end up being the main event. They've done that to us before where the women's match is the main event. This is an Extreme Rules match at an Extreme Rules pay-per-view and Ronda Rousey it, is involved. It so makes sense, but... I, I don't know if this will end up being the last match on the show. I hope not because by then five hours will have passed for the pre-show and the rest of the show, and have any of the women's main events ended like satisfactory to anybody? Because I felt like that Hell in a Cell match was. Meh. I think the match was okay. I don't know about the finish. It didn't really pay it off for me. So was, there was another one, right, that finished the show. Uh, was it TLC? No, no, no. Wait, did that finish the show? No, TLC did not finish. Royal the show. Rumble finished the show where they right the women's Royal Rumble match right where Oscar yeah. won and Rousey debuted. That whole thing was weird. Yeah. It was kind of anticlimactic. The we Royal Rumble yeah. itself was good, but that ending was weird. And the Men's Royal Rumble was actually very good overall, the whole except for the whole Ziggler thing. But <laughs> I know, I know. But the Rumble itself was very well thought out and very, very well booked. The Men's Rumble. By the time we get to the Women's Rumble, which was five, six hours into the show... It was decent, but then it's like 11, 15, 11, 20. Right, everybody's leaving after everybody's leaving. in the ring, and then Rousey's music hits, and it's like, oh, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, by the happening. way, <laughs> like, what the hell? That whole thing yeah. is just, what do you... I totally don't think what happened there was supposed to happen. Really? I feel like she messed up or some, or said something to the wrong person, because that was... that was the, She came out, mm-hmm. they're... Oscar's in the ring, Charlotte's there with her, mm-hmm. and that's when Rousey came out, right? Right, right, right. And then she points... To the sign, right, and then she pointed. She didn't point to either of them, right? She just pointed. She to pointed the sign. to the sign first. She, she just kept pointing to the sign and but never then, said a word. No. Yeah. So yeah, that and then they, then she left. Then yeah, she left. Just yeah. left those two standing. There. <laughs> so it was like, well, then what? What was that? Who did you challenge? Like, did you challenge Oscar for her spot? Did you challenge Charlotte at Mania? Because then there's kind of protocol that's kind of yeah, it just. Alexa was in the ring too because it was both champions and Oscar. Right? Point. Yeah, that Oscar. is right. I forgot about that. Gonna, yeah. she was gonna. I thought I always thought Rousey was gonna like point to WrestleMania and then point down to Stephanie because Stephanie was at ringside. That's calling the match. what I thought. Yeah, and, and yeah, yeah, they just yeah they, they built a lot of that from a while ago from the WrestleMania past and then they right. didn't do anything with it. That's yeah. so stupid. I mean, they they led into her, but it was not it was not Rousey versus Stephanie and Triple H and Kurt Angle were put into the match. But, but you knew they that's were what it was about. absolutely sure. those two were afterthoughts, honestly, with what was going on in the ring. And then it just happened what that either the day later or the week later that Rousey, Rousey took out Stephanie again. Like it's like we just saw this. Yeah, took out Stephanie and beat her. It's like yeah. come on, yeah, damn it. But that's it. Extreme rules again. How extreme does this get? Does the WWE have handcuffs? You know, for a lot of this stuff. That you know, would be extreme if they use handcuffs. Well, I mean, yeah, they might. Maybe a Singapore cane here, too. Maybe a chair shot to the back. I mean, they threw a guy in the back of a trash compactor. They did. And he lived. Like, I'm, pretty <laughs> sure, I'm pretty sure they'll go. You know, they'll do the normal amount of hardcore. It's not going to be, like, thumbtacks. And Damn it. 
ble- bleeding all over the place. It's, it'll be safe. It'll be chairs and some tables broken here and there, and maybe some fire extinguishers. Yeah, that, that normal family style stuff. Family style. No syringes, no light tubes. <laughs> no fun stuff. <laughs> you ever done any of that yeah. hard, hardcore, Sean? We've had two hardcore matches. Uh, one went really well, the other one not. But, uh, yeah, like, we, we did... One was just, like, a no-DQ, like, a Falls County, or not Falls County, but it was just, like, no-DQ, no, like, weapons. So, you and Drake, yeah. Punk Rock All-Stars? Yeah, us versus the Ectorage for the titles. Okay. And that one had, like, cookie sheets, chairs, um, kendo sticks, that kind of stuff, stop signs. The second match was a Stairway to Hell, which I had never heard of, but apparently they did it in ECW. And the idea was there were weapons like suspended above the ring, and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. so, like, trash cans, that kind of stuff. That one was just a cluster, <laughs> like it was just stuff everywhere. But yeah, that first match, yeah, I got hit with a chair so hard that it sounded like a gunshot went off in the building, and my whole left side went out. Was because, this shot to the back? Yeah, or? and I have like a gnarly bruise on my back from it, uh, and it lasted for like a month. Damn. Yeah, it was hard to lift on that side. Like, <laughs> dirty money really hauled off and hit me. I think it's because I'm so stiff, and I just would beat him up all the time. And I think this was the opportunity. <laughs> There's a receipt yeah. for you. <laughs> it worked. That crowd loved it. So, yeah, I bet. That was the hardest hit I think I've ever taken. Wow. That's insane. Where are we, Big Ugly? We 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 good. We're, we're over time. Well, of course we're over time. <laughs> this is this is awesome, but that's all right. Hey, man, it's been great. You know, having this conversation, Sean. Thank you for uh, hanging out. Yeah, Appreciate you. What we, you like, would like to come back again? Yeah, absolutely. Good. And now you know uh, where the mansion is, and you can get up through the uh, stairwells of the twenty-seven rooms. And yeah, the moat's hard to cross. Yeah, I, I had to put that, that in. You know, after Chris Burns had his alleged incident, uh, we had to keep him out of jail. So uh, <laughs> we had to add the extra security. But there's like there's some crocodile or some kind of amphibious thing in there. I hope you didn't get eaten. No, I thought it was a okay. thing from Toys. Like weird <laughs> it's one of my inspirations. <laughs> Love that movie. Um, it's a weird movie. It is weird. Very good. But uh, very weird. Uh, we will be back in a couple of weeks where we will go over the results of Extreme Rules and leading into SummerSlam. But uh, if we talk about movies, we talk about comic books, we talk about whatever we can, we will. And we will get Sean Cannon back on here at some point in yeah, time. Totally. And have a whole podcast of <laughs> all kinds of shit, really. And if anybody's listening to this, which I hope, you know, there's definitely people listening. But in the independent world, again, no heat with anybody. We're just telling stories. Um, there's at least one person that Sean Cannon does not like in this world, for sure. <laughs> we know. But, uh, hey. No heat with anyone else. No heat yeah. with anybody else. Um, and, you know, again, we're just here. We're not right. We're not wrong. We're just, just fans. Thank you. Uh, and it's true. So it says it on the back of your shirt. It, it does. And this is the shirt provided by CM Funk on our 50th. So I appreciate you. Where's your yeah. shirt? It's at home, actually. Yeah. I, I had it did on frame this. It? Actually, I, I worked on it. So. Oh, did you? Yeah. Okay. Nice. Sweating it. Yeah. So if you wash it, it'll shrink a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> like form-fitting tees. Yeah. Pro wrestling tees. Go there. Buy punk rock mer- uh, merchandise. Punk rock all stars. Yeah. Um, so uh, thank you, Sean. Appreciate you, and thank you, CM Funk. Anytime, thank you, Big Ugly. Of course. And let's just do this as we always do. Let's get out of here and let's turn the air condition back on. So uh, uh, three, two, one. Deuces. Deuces. That means two. We're out.